0: not america is podcasting not america's favorite pastime is podcasting not america's favorite pastime? is she
1: being a karen there like you know his
2: hand is split open
1: i know that's why i'm saying maybe she's not but the fact that she immediately goes to like baseball's important to america and not just like the guy is fucking bleeding out of his arm can we deal with this? What's most odd about it is about weird it? that he comes. In, he's got an open bloody wound, yeah. and they're okay. like, "But the Sit scar, over there. the scar
2: is so small, so small. When they show it, and when he's it's covered right. in blood. Right.
1: It's it's look. I don't know the, why was he cutting wood?
2: You're a fucking
0: pitcher. The scar looks like to your point, what he would get for accidentally like. Nicking his hand while dicing onions. Yes.
2: Like I have I have that scar. Right. And there was not that much blood. Right.
0: I have that scar from recycling, from folding too much cardboard. And he like tears open his arm on a bandsaw and he's got this little tiny scar. But it's also funny that such a running thing in this movie is that she doesn't understand how famous he is. That like other people react to him so differently than she does. And then this is the one scene where no one seems to know who he is.
2: Well, they're in that mountain town. They right. don't get baseball. They
0: don't get baseball. But it's like, he's the most distinctive looking man. He has fucking big dick energy, (laughs) even when he's bleeding out. And she has to scream at them. Now, here's what's wild. I texted you guys that line, all caps. Yeah. Is this not America? Four separate texts for each word. And then is baseball not America's favorite pastime? Ben said, it's got to be the opening quote, right? I said, yes. David, you said, I don't know. A lot of competition. So many huge lines. I just... (laughs) I had the line written out, right, in the text, but I just checked on to see, is there anything else worth doing? Yeah,
1: they're good quotes. I, I was being funny, of course. Now, I will say... You were being funny. Vin Scully has got some great okay. lines. Sure. Okay,
0: now this is the point. There are a surprising amount of quotes filled out here for this movie, considering this movie is not often thought of. Is this not America? Is baseball not America's favorite pastime? Is not included on the quotes page.
2: Oh, it's not in there. It's not in there. That is the only line I remember Correct. from the movie. Now, there are a
1: fair amount of...
0: Uh... Quotes on. And a lot like long ones. Like Billy's entire final monologue, like full Vin Scully stretches. Well, it, the Vin Scully stuff is gold. I wonder he, if he wrote it. It's the best performance in the movie,
1: yes. right? He's I in know. the pocket. I, I've got i I've got some options for you. But he is real, obviously, he's good. I'm just saying, all I'm saying, David. The cathedral that is Yankee Stadium. No, no, you're not gonna do Vin Scully right now.
0: Belongs to a chapel. I was just gonna do the that one. That was one. good. That's I mean, fucking good. <laughs> that's do you think
2: th- that, that- is why they named. Do you think they like reverse engineered yes. possibly? Last name?
1: Well, look, it's from a book. Is he named that in the book? Let's find out. And I think in the book it isn't the Yankees. I think that was it is, it an is. Amy Robinson thing. No, 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 no. What? In the book, he doesn't play for the Tigers. Oh. I think he plays for the Tigers in the movie because Sam Raimi is a Midwestern boy. Sure. In the book, he plays for the uh, Atlanta Hawks, which is a fake what? team. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, but they are pitching against the Yankees. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, because you know.
2: Yeah, the Yankees. The cathedral.
1: Exactly. It why belongs not you just to the be champion? the
2: Braves?
1: I, I, I have no idea. It's so... I, I'm going off of Wikipedia mm-hmm. here, but apparently his team is called the Atlanta Hawks in the book. I don't know why. Wow. We can't ask him because he's and, dead. Yeah,
2: and there is an Atlanta Hawks. Sorry. In this basketball.
1: <laughs> this is true. I don't know. Why are they the Hawks?
2: Well, there's I know. also the Falcons. I know. Why, there's why, like a why bird. Why is Atlanta
1: with the birds? I don't know. Atlanta doesn't have good sports team because Braves obviously... Get rid of that.
0: That's I'm not helpful.
2: Okay, I'm
1: realizing this is going to be rude, one of those episodes. Rude to me.
2: Rude. rude. My mom is it's from Atlanta. I man. grew up a Braves fan. I had a big Chipper Jones poster in my room as a child. Well,
1: that's as a Mets fan, obviously, that's that's violence to me. But uh, okay, so I yeah, sim- I sympathize. But this guy. i right. more mean Braves, you know, the sure, of sure, sure. Oh, games, yeah, that's not right, great. You know, like, I'm
2: also from DC, and that has a, a bad history of. I know. Native American sports.
1: It, and also, uh, bad, the basketball team was called horrible. The basketball team. Yeah, I knew they called the baseball because David had said, "No, she doesn't love baseball."
2: I thought you love baseball. I like the idea of baseball. Okay, I that's hate, what I like. Yeah, I. What I love is, but, I mean, if going a to Jones a baseball game, sure, right, and drinking a beer with yes. my pals right. yes. for however many hours, watching a baseball game on TV, no, Boring that's shit. not for me. Yeah. But. but
1: I'll say. I mean, I don't watch baseball on TV much anymore. I'll admit it. But like, it is. It can have the same vibe where it's like, well, this will be on, and I'll be doing various sure. things, or I'll have my friends. Over. But yeah, you're not gonna like, you know, be glued to it. No, and no. I will say,
2: I think like baseball is the one sport that you can listen to on the radio. Like it is background noise well, and yes. baseball an announcers. Yeah, the
1: exactly. fucking-
0: right. right.
2: It's very easy to listen the to. The
0: soundscape of baseball is great.
2: Oh, I mean, like a crack of a bat? Let's talk no, no, about the crack of the crack
0: bat. Of the bat. <laughs> Let's talk about the crack of the bat. David many, was saying the crack of the bat before we start recording. And I said, David, keep it. You got to save gotta it. Save it. You got to save gotta it. Because we got to talk about the crack of the bat in this episode.
1: How many sports are there? Where, Where you can hear the crack of the bat? True. Well, there's a few of them. Cricket. But, cricket. Uh, another great slow sport, cricket in Britain does have the exact same uh vibe where it's like I'm here with my friends,
2: we're we're chatting. We're Can talking. a cricket game Would be like a day long?
1: No, like, yes. that is Shush. this not Shush. America? Shush. How many sports are there mm-hmm. where it is not just accepted, but it is ex- it is encouraged that there will be times when people are just going to go to the mound. You know, just stop the game. We have to talk for a bit. Yeah. And people are like, well, this is part of the game. Of course. The manager's going to come up and they're going to have a chat. Like, that's part of the game. But this is why I No one is like, hurry up! Right. We're we're here to be entertained. I can't hear
0: you. I think this "This is why baseball is the most cinematic sport, right? It's up there. I I think there's something about the actual structure of a baseball game allows for more conversation.
2: Yeah. There's a lot of breathing room. There's a lot of conversation. Right. Because you watch like a basketball game, and if there's a timeout, it's not long. No. They're talking very quickly. Yes. And they're also winded. Baseball players rarely seem winded.
1: Baseball players sit on the bench. They might as well be at the theater. Like, they're chatting. There's a
0: thoughtfulness. There's an ebb and flow to the energy Whereas Like a basketball
1: player comes off, you know, uh, onto the bench. He puts a towel over his head. He's tired. He's like covered in sweat. There's like blood coming out of his ears. (laughs) There's also the fact that, I mean,
0: and and... Sam Raimi has talked about this as like the biggest driving factor in him wanting to do this movie. Baseball is like a widescreen sport. Like the field yeah. is so big, the players are so stretched out. The way the stadiums colors, are built,
1: you right? Know, green, blue, and sky. I was thinking and about that. Say the crack of the bat, especially the
2: bat. when when they like really hit the ball and yes. it goes to the wall, yeah. and you can really like track the ball.
0: It's right. like, oh, that's beautiful. It's a fucking widescreen sport. It's a cinematic sport, and it it. Leaves room for dramatic arcs within a game. Okay, so yes. hold on. So I just found out today that, David, you love baseball. Well, when I, I was, was a little miss, like this I is like an astonishing
3: huge, revelation. I was a
1: huge baseball fan and, and dork. And I will say, when I moved to England when what? I was nine years old, mm-hmm. I stuck with it. It was one of my kind of tethers to mm-hmm. America, right? Was that I kept up with baseball. Did you yeah. ask
0: when you, got, when you got off the plane, did you say, is this not America? <laughs> yes sure. and they said it's not you should it's not America. learn this and get this into your head as quickly as possible
1: and then when i moved back i was like i'm back in the country of baseball this is going to be great and i have you know i, I did keep up with it a little more but i quickly went back to basketball which was another of my early loves mm-hmm. olivia and i share it and like i think I've, it's, i i don't i don't want to tell any baseball fan listeners because i do love the sport but like I feel unattached to it now. I feel wow. you know unromantic about it or whatever. I, How I don't can know. you not
2: feel romantic about baseball? To quote Moneyball. Yeah,
1: I mean, but Moneyball is so good. So many good Money, baseball movies.
2: Moneyball is good because it's not about baseball. Moneyball is
1: not particularly about baseball. <laughs> but, I mean, but Moneyball is the best movie ever made. It's
2: yes. so good.
3: But now, okay, you're a fan of baseball, but mm. did. I, I, did you play baseball? I did. Because I mean, I played I have like little s- league baseball. Okay, sure, yeah, sure. Because I can't imagine either of you ever playing baseball. You're saying me? I can't imagine Griffin like, I playing. I just can't. Baseball?
0: I don't, I don't know why. Ding ding ding. You liked and played baseball. I one of those two things. You played it. I didn't like it, but I played. I played it a lot.
1: Your dad seems like someone who liked baseball at some them. point in his time. Let me guess. Right. You were like, your
3: position was right, like bench.
1: Well,
0: I I might have shared this anecdote on the podcast before. I did Little League for a while. My brother and I close together in age. My sister was born much later. So there was a lot. There was a decade where it was the boys. What did the boys do? And my dad wanted to coach teams on the weekend. My brother really wanted to play. And they'd be like, the boys play baseball. Right? I just got lumped into the boys. Ah, the boys. And I would do that for multiple years, multiple seasons. Um, But I how's think... Your, how's, how are you at bat? Well... Ben, this is the exact point. Griffin at the bat. I, this is the exact point. I was so small. I was like so tiny oh, and anemic, hey, and frail, and S- small strike zone. Well, that's and, true. That's true. I was left-handed. oh god oh that's an advantage as a kid I was impossible to pitch to because like the strike (laughs) zone was small like eight
1: year olds (laughs) are like I can't
0: yes this is truly (laughs) this is truly
3: that's
1: so funny this kid's like a
0: ringer or something where did you get him so this is this is like a really telling griffin origin story in terms of like my energy and my outlook and how I perceive where I relate to the world and all of this uh huh I was so bad, but what they would do was they would hold me on the bench until like bases loaded, right. bottom oh, of the ninth. No. And then it's like
1: we need a walk. And then they walk. We need a base yeah. on ball. And balls they were here. like, we're
0: gonna put them on the mound and they're gonna hit you with a ball and you're gonna walk and we're gonna get a run. And they called me the like the walk-on kid. And the way I could earn the respect. You're like Barry Bonds. The way I got could so earn walks. the respect of these boys is I had to surrender my body and just get fucking pelted with balls. Beans. And I would be crying and I'd be limping and they'd be like, you did good, you did good, you did good. And
2: I'd be like, you're proud of me, you like me. That is a really sad story. Did that is <laughs> such a sad story. Olivia, well, did
1: you play sport?
2: I played baseball. You played baseball. I played baseball on a team that was mostly boys when I was like, is this eight. in Washington? In, yeah, I think in Alexandria, Virginia. There was one other girl on the team and her dad was the coach. So we could really bond over that. But then okay. eventually they kind of like, if you're a girl, they're like, you got to play softball now. And I did not like softball. So I just went back to basketball. I do think that was probably
0: I, the point where I said to my parents, I'm not doing this anymore, is when it split off into not being co-ed teams. Yeah. Because when there were girls on the team, I felt a little more. Secure. Yeah, if it's yeah. all boys, they can be mean. Boys, yeah, can be they were mean.
1: mean in sporting situations. Yeah,
2: girls can be mean too. Girls. Please. I've seen some girls be really mean. <laughs> well, mean girls? They made a movie about the it. The thing
1: about little league sports, I played all of them, was like with soccer, we were never allowed to play with the girls because they were like a lot better than us. Mm. Oh, I'm really mean. Girls <laughs> like soccer. I know
2: a couple girl soccer players, and they're like, oh, yeah, you just have to like um, pull her ponytail and then like tackle her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <I'm> like, no. <laughs> not,
1: not actually. Gr- girls soccer is like roller derby. Like it has like. Yeah, it was intense. Yeah. I mean, they were good. They were better than us. We were terrible. Yeah. I played baseball for years, and I even went to Joe Espinoza Sports Clubs. Shout out, like after-school baseball. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. West Side. What was your position? Uh, Second base. Second base Sims.
3: Second base Sims. Sims. To this day,
1: if you know what I mean. It's a sex joke. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Hmm. Pull uh, me out. You kind of
3: pulled me out. Sorry. That's what you're most
0: famous for is second base. (laughs) Sexually. (laughs) Can't make it home. I'm so so good at second base (laughs) and then I just stall He stays there. He stays parked on second.
2: (laughs) Just like, let's just,
1: no. Uh, and I played basketball as well because I was so tall, but right. I was really uncoordinated right. and I was horrible at it. Yeah, could
2: you at least like stand under the basket and just like lay it this
1: up? I should have had like yeah. a, a, a Daryl Morey constructing right. a team around me, where it's like David. Yeah, there's one spot on the court I want you, but no, we were kids; we were all just running into each other.
0: There was there was a kid at my high school who this is, I actually don't even remember his proper name because everyone called him Biggie, and he was built like almost exactly like you. And he was a very shy kid. And then at one point, all the basketball kids were like, if we just put him on the court. Right. And they were if like, we put we crue- you into our friend group. And it was the same thing where like people would sit and watch the games and they'd be like, Biggie, he's like, he's the all star. And then there'd be silence and watch him and be like, he's not actually good at basketball.
1: He's big. He's just big. He's just, you know, I'm able to hold the ball. Well, no, This said. is embarrassing, but I played water polo as a teenager in Britain what uh which I'm, I'm not even doing horses? a horse i'm actually just <laughs> <laughs> on water horses <laughs> no water pole, horses it's just, you know it's it's like swimming it's like swim oh, basketball okay. i don't know how do you're you like describe treading
2: water, water and it like is, throwing a ball it seems really hard
1: it's incredibly demanding i did it because i'm big and i'm a good swimmer i'm not good at water polo but good being... swimmer yes But being like a
2: Sims,
1: (laughs) I do like the breaststroke. Being like a big body in water polo is crucial because that's a very violent, a lot of dunking, you know, a lot of, and you know, whatever happens under the water is kind of tough to, you know, referee. Like obviously, right? Would you pee in the water and they couldn't do shit about
3: it? Well, can I can I say something about uh, my playing of baseball? Please, I love to steal. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're you're a thief, a base thief, because the thing that I love is I love going against authority. Right. Uh-huh. And so once you're out there, yeah. you know, you got a first Someone base coach, to. you got a third base coach, yep. you got the coach on the bench, but you're on your own out there. So even so, if the first base coach is like,
1: <laughs> stay here, ben. they, don't, I mean, I got, I got <laughs> right. to a point
3: where I had a reputation and they would, they would, ben, you do not steal. <laughs> you don't steal. Like enough of this. And then I just would be like, I, I got this. Yeah. Because the other thing about me is I wasn't fast. Interesting. Sure. So like, I would always you weren't good at it. I wasn't right. good at it, but I just like, I had to I <laughs> <yeah>. had to <laughs> try. You had to you had
2: would you slide? It. Would you like? Sl- oh, I would slide. I was
1: mean,
3: like sliding is the best part. That's all you want to do. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's you like so getting fun. dusty.
2: Hell yeah. God.
1: yeah. And kids as a second baseman, kids would really like, you know, slide with too much aplomb
0: and knock you over. They fucking old time rock and roll slide into home. Ben, I'm assuming you also were Attempting to steal in both senses of the word, like you would be on second, you, like the idea, you would grab slippery. the physical base from under your feet and then run to third. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, look, we should say, this is blank check with Griffin and David. I'm yeah, Griffin. I'm David. It's a podcast about filmographies, directors who have massive success early on in their careers and are given a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion products they want. And sometimes those checks clear, and
1: sometimes the crack of the bat, baby. Uh, yeah. And uh, what else is it about? it's about freshly cut grass and uh the chalk a cracker jack <laughs> i'm trying to think of other uh, yeah the smell of a of a of a hot dog a fresh stitching on a ball yeah, yeah. cracker jacks over here popcorn 35 cents Oh, the beer how much are cracker jacks like
0: probably 18.50 <laughs> have
3: you ever had <laughs> cracker jacks they yeah. stink
1: I, yeah, cracker jacks are sweet popcorn it's with, a, is it popcorn right i've never i've never i was thinking
2: that. that watching the movie because there are a couple notable I'm Cracker some, Jack course. placements and i was like i don't think i know exactly do you what think that,
1: that is. it's it's like it's it's caramel covered popcorn i think with like a little bit of like there's like something or like something. nutty yeah yeah, 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 yeah. okay like so some we, kind of i critique. think it tastes like cardboard this is the it thing. tastes like the box that it comes in this well, is because the thing like boxed popcorn is never really gonna you know you want fresh popcorn sure, right yeah. yeah what's the thing crackerjack used to be a 50 50 ratio uh, okay,
0: At the very Crack-a-jack. least, 60 caramel popcorn, 50 or 40 peanuts.
1: Uh, in okay. years, they've
0: come under fire because people are like, I got a bag of two peanuts. in There's almost no peanuts in there. And the yeah. other thing is, you used to get like a physical prize. So this is another now you like, get, like decline like, a of
1: America thing. Yes. Where it's like, man, Cracker Jacks used to mean something. Yeah. And now it's just like a bunch of shitty popcorn. Yeah,
3: I think it's... It... Yeah, Norman Rockwell used to do covers for magazines and his stuff stinks. Oh well, so you're coming back against that. You're yeah. like, no, the the, the yeah,
1: 50s like or past whatever. Past time is in the right. past. Let's look ahead. I'm forgetting where I. <laughs> I don't like what I see when I look. At. I want to look at the past. The past <laughs> seems fine. Fair I'm enough. forgetting
0: <laughs> if this was on his show or somewhere else, but it's the funniest thing I've seen Jimmy Fallon do in 20 years. He shared some anecdote about Lauren Michaels taking him to a Yankees game with Jack Nicholson. Okay. And him going like, "Hey, Jack, you enjoying the game?" And Jack was like eating Cracker Jacks. And had a far off look, and then he like reached into the box, and he took out a sticker, and he said, "Like they used to have real prizes in these things, <laughs> and now it's a goddamn piece of paper." And he was like, he was like shaken to his core wow. by the decline of the Cracker Jack prize.
1: That's probably why Jack Nicholson mostly goes to Laker games. Absolutely, yeah.
0: But what doesn't he get to hear? The crack of the, bat. <laughs> the crack of the bat. Look, God, this is a mini on the films of Sam. Rame. Yeah, It's called Podcast Me to Hell. Today we're talking about the movie that I think least exists in his filmography, and beyond that, no one remembers it's the same Raimi movie. I if think- you remember this thing exists, you will it somehow autocorrect it in your head to anyone else directing this.
1: Yeah, right? Unquestionably, right? Yeah.
2: It's a Kevin Costner movie. For,
1: yes, it is. And to we'll the extent that he get into picked this. Sam Raimi to yeah. direct it, practically. Right, and yeah. had
0: final cut. Do you know this
2: insane thing? Oh, I didn't know he had final we're gonna cut. We're going to unpack this.
1: limited final cut. Yes. We'll talk well, about that's, it.
0: But they were like, his quote was $20 million <laughs> at this point in time. Even though he was coming off of his two biggest flops ever. He's coming off Waterworld yeah, well, and Postman. You
1: know that's the thing they say his quote was 20 million dollars and i'm sure he had been paid 20 million dollars for like the postman right right but like was it one of those quotes where it's like look my quote's 20 million dollars and i'm happy to do this elvis movie for a cool 18 you know and the studio's like we'll give you a nine like
0: it's dropping it's this is not where it's dropping and he's trying to maintain it and they're like we would like this to be 50 million dollars all in like do you think he got 20 for message in a bottle maybe that's the one he did right before this uh yes it is yes right because Rami met him on the set of that to pitch unintended to direct this movie <laughs> crack of the bat crack of the bat he was like i will forego my tw- i think universal said we'd like to get this at 50 what if we don't give you your quote but you have huge stake in the profits of the film you get director approval and you get final cut which giving an actor
1: final cut is a bad idea, yeah. I would say. Quite a thing. Fundamentally, just a bad idea. It's, Especially
0: it's... when that actor is like a director. A director who's a bit freak. of an egomaniac. Exactly. right, yeah, exactly. An Oscar winning director yes. at that. Yes. Yes. Now, I will say this, and I think I've said this before Kevin Costner, The Cause.
1: Yeah.
0: I worked with him on the motion picture draft thing. You sure did.
2: Which I saw on a plane recently. Thank you had for a the great residual. time. Is Thank good. I liked okay. it a lot.
0: Draft day is great, but also the ideal plane
2: movie. Oh, it was perfect. They for shouldn't the plane. have
0: released it in theaters. That was the biggest mistake.
1: They no, you made. release it in theaters, but it was made for cable and yeah. All I, stuff. I've said this before. That was a
0: movie where Costner wouldn't cut his quote because he was coming off of Hatfields and McCoy, and he felt like he had a hot hand and he could like get his number back up there. Right. And they were trying to keep the budget low. So every other actor in that movie took, like, uh, a sag minimum damn. in order to do that, to, to give him the amount he wanted. It wasn't a full 20, but it was a lot. Sure. Uh, and so I did not get paid much money for that movie. And when that movie had only been on Delta planes for three months, I got a residual check that was significantly bigger than I'd been paid in total. It, like, immediately, the second it went on planes blew up wow
2: that makes so much sense yeah. to me
0: because i was like this isn't out on vod that hasn't been released on blue like where's this money coming from and then i realized i keep having people text me photos watching oh, it on the play. little screen yeah and i was like this thing was just designed it's still on fucking flight it's like nine years later it's a good the, movie it's a good movie the point i was gonna say I, I i like it i haven't written an r.i.p the point i was gonna say is watching him on set it did click for me like oh i think kevin costner kind of directs every movie he's in I think certainly at 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 a certain point in his career, at the very least it is a collaboration. Yeah. But he comes in and he really really... feels like he's the director.
1: Yes. But for like three shots. Yeah. Three little like Ramey And I think he
0: likes directors. I think he respects directors, but he has very strong opinions. I will say to his credit, they are not exclusively based in ego. Like they are big picture thoughts, but he's just like, it has to feel like this. And he gets in there and he's just like, "I'm gonna fucking fight for these things for the love of the game." For That's a pretty cause... good Costner. Well, I spent a lot of time with him. Look, time with cause. Today we're talking for love of the game, and returning is one of our favorite guests, baseball, baseball zone aficionado, <laughs> baseball
2: zone shortstop for the Mets, Olivia Craighead. Hello, guys. Hello. I had never heard of this movie before. I was asked. That's I was just I, kind of like,
0: "Come this. on,
1: come on, the show."
2: Yeah, we
0: always and, like to get you on. It's been a little bit, and David's like, "Olivia likes the idea
1: of baseball. Let's just give it. her that." Yeah. And I was like, "Done." Great. And beyond that, it was kind of like no one was asking for the love of the game
2: for for, for, love, for love of, of, of the, the game. game
1: for for love of the game for for love. Um, but uh, I'm sure there are fans out there. In fact, a couple of people have tweeted at me like, "My favorite Raimi, I hope you like it." And I was sort of like. No your offense
2: to favorite those people, Raimi? Yeah, your favorite that's Raimi. weird. It's <laughs> yeah. a little
1: weird. I Do mean, you hate uh, God? Love fun? You. <laughs> um,
0: My brother loves this movie, James Newman, Past and Future guests. Not yeah, too shocking. I don't know if he's seen it again since then, but he especially as a kid loved this kind of like autumnal adult middle brow I drama. Did too. I, yes, I did. Great I genre. Like, I, wanted I wanted to this. fucking love this thing. I wonder if he's going to send me the text going like, "You did it for Love of the Game episode and didn't ask me." The only other time he's done that is when he wasn't asked to be on Ali. And then he was like, oh, it's Jamel Bowie. That's fine.
2: Do you think he remembers how much of this movie is Kelly Preston? This
0: is the thing. So my brother, my brother's very, he's not a guy. He's a great guy. He's a very smart guy. <laughs> he loves sports, right? And he's got excellent taste in movies. He did as a kid love these sort of like glossy 90s adult dramas. And whereas I think a lot of boys, especially a lot of sports loving jockey boys are like, "Ooh, gross, romance kissing. He was, like, into all of that. I think this movie was, like, a perfect blend for him. And the thing I would say about my brother is, I think when he was nine or ten, he had, like, a sleepover birthday party where my mom was like, well, I'll rent a movie that you and all your friends can watch. And the movie he picked was Keeping the Faith. (laughs) He made a bunch of
1: nine-year-old boys watch Keeping the Faith. It was the fourth time he had seen the movie. Um, That's my my Forky's one of Forky's all-time favorite movies, Keeping the Faith.
0: It's a, I mean, it's a fun movie, but I just think for him, he was like the exact, once again, pun intended, strike zone for this movie where it was like, you, what amount of like romanticizing baseball and middle-aged people falling in love and trying to figure
1: out their shit <laughs> does this nine-year-old boy want? I was so ready to love this movie. Same. I threw it on and the first, for first, anything I love from a late 90s movie now. The credits are rolling, and it's like John C. Riley, J.K. Simmons. Huh. I'm like, oh, this is you. great,
0: right? And we've been getting a run of those with the Raimis, where it's like Quick and the Dead, Simple Plan. It's just a murderer's row, so single
1: many. card, like assassins. And then it's baseball. He's on the mound. It's a Basil Polidori score. One Basil of his final is, is is blowing them horns. A
2: beautiful. <laughs> one of those beautiful twinkling '90s score absolutely, but. and this
1: like
0: end of film. They finally perfected how to make movies look as shiny
1: and warm as possible. It's got major sheen. It's got major it's sheen. sheen. Lexi, Costner's hair is just absolutely lost the battle. Fighting still for there, dear life. He's walking around the hotel and his button down, and he's like, I don't know, and you know. Brian Cox is like, I'm selling the team. Baseball R.I.P. You, know. you fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it would be funny if he had that energy. Fucking kids don't like baseball. Then he's on the mound and he's talking through um, the players that he's facing off against. And I love that about baseball. Yeah. The idea that it's like pitchers. It's like is The pitchers. This, what we're like, talking this guy about. always swings yeah. at a curveball. Yeah. This guy never swings at the free. Whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to love this movie. And then with our first dissolve, I was just immediately like, I want to look at my phone. I didn't mean to hit a paper bag just then. <laughs> <laughs> David. It is incredible to
0: me how immediately the balloon deflates. Yep. And then every time they cut back to baseball, the balloon reinflates so <laughs> quickly. Baseball, and you're like, I'm back in, I'm back in, I'm back in. The baseball
2: is so good. It's so I good. think something very telling about this movie is that when he... Pitches the perfect game at the end. Mm-hmm. I was crying. See?
1: I was so and, invested yeah. in a thing I knew he was definitely yeah, going to do. I, I was like, I
2: was like crying, and they like cut to his friend who plays for the Yankees now, and I started crying again. And then when he goes to the airport, I felt absolutely not. Right.
1: Okay. okay, two out of 10. Yeah, and the room like, like now, And I'm like, no end now. I'm, yeah. I'm all
0: set. Look, I think there's an imbalance in this film, but I think. The biggest mistake it makes is there's that like unbroken 45 minute chunk where we stay in the Barely relationship early on and they don't cut back to the game at all. Yeah, and I'm like, if you were going back and forth, you'd maybe keep me on the hook a little more. It, I here's an embarrassing confession so I was watching this movie with the woman I'm dating, <gasps> Humble Brag,
1: and Sorry. she the crack of the humble brag, right.
0: <laughs> We're, like, watching it. We're, like, sort of like, ah, Kevin Costner baseball. Whatever. I was also right. watching
1: this movie with the woman I'm dating. Humble
0: bread. My wife. Porky. Who you've dated all the way to the point of marriage. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then the, like, flashbacks happen. And she's like, do you mind if I, like, do some work while you're watching the movie? And sure. I'm like, that's which, fine. Which you don't have to well, watch To this. be clear, is what my wife was Right. And she's like, break. I'm just not very intrigued. I'm like, that's fine. And she's sitting there on the couch next to me working on her computer. And she's like, are we watching this? I want to watch Spider-Man with you when are you doing the Spider-Man episode <laughs> and like 20 minutes later I was like fuck it I'm turning this off let's watch Spider-Man sure we watched all of Spider-Man went to sleep woke up in the morning Watched the second half of this movie I was like I cannot get through this sure straight through all I'm thinking about is how badly I want to be watching Spider-Man
1: well the minute a a, a lady alike is like I want to watch
0: Spider-Man well yeah I mean, what it's, are it's you hard supposed to turn to do? but also like yeah. J.K. Simmons comes on with the mustache
2: oh and he's violently chewing that gun well right. that
1: could be right that could actually describe spider-man or this movie this is
0: the point (laughs) so he comes on and i'm like oh fuck i could be watching
1: spider-man right now
0: so i did a i did a spider-man sandwich with for love of the game as the slices of bread around it
1: those are some 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 white chunky slices of bread to (laughs) put around actually
3: you stuff the bread into a glass of milk and then ate it in the middle of the
1: night with
3: your stepdaughter and said don't ask any questions
0: but but my thing was I was like I
1: mm-hmm. sort of f- fake step what, are you, what do you call it step girlfriend's daughter yeah. <laughs> like,
2: <Yeah>. I mean <laughs> I just
3: went for it because whatever you can get I it understand. as soon as
2: Jenna it. Malone showed up I like looked at how much time was in the movie and it's like another hour and i was like oh my god i
0: my rule i made to myself was i was like i have to get to the halfway point of this
1: before i put on spider-man because you won't feel it'll be insurmountable the next day so i'm like i can
0: wake up in the morning and watch the second half of this two hour and 17 minute movie but i have to get to that halfway point and the halfway point pretty much takes you to the end of the longest unbroken stretch of the flashback stuff the introduction of jenna malone and i was just like this fucking movie. And I wake up and I put it on and within two minutes it goes back to the baseball game. And I was like rubbing my hands together.
1: But it just, you know, just when you're starting to get super into it, then yeah, it's like... Yeah. Did, you, yeah.
3: did you feel the urge every time to pick up your phone?
2: Yeah. I say, I mean, every, every single yeah. time
1: I'd every be like,
3: mm, it's single. right there. <laughs> yeah,
1: Olivia, yes. what did you think of this movie?
2: Like I said, the baseball stuff is
1: really okay. good. You're, you're with us. The you're baseball stuff
2: us. is incredible. I do think that Kelly Preston and Kevin Costner had some good chemistry, but it was just like it was so much. It was the the it was weighted so far under their relationship.
1: Yes. Initially, I was like, I think Kelly Preston is, is not working for me in this. And then I and I felt a little bad because I was like, I'm speaking ill of the dead here, yeah. you know. She and then is I'm, of all
0: celebrities we lost in the last two years in the weird memory hole pandemic. Surprising, yeah. the, the most surprising and the one I keep forgetting is Well,
2: that. okay. I'm pretty sure I'm right. She died very closely to when Naya Rivera died. And I think was yes. like... Oh, a very strange shot. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like yeah, a Farrah yeah, Fawcett, yeah. Michael Jackson
0: And no thing. one
1: knew she was sick and then it was announced so casually on Instagram. And she hadn't been working as much so she wasn't like... But like, then I'm watching the movie and I'm like, I think I'm being rude to Kelly Preston. This is a, you know, kind of, a a quite underwritten role. Yes. It's a tough role because she's constantly just like the nag, not, like, you don't, you know, you're just sort of like... Mm -hmm. You're slowing me down, but also she's just there to be like, "Hey, what's up?" And he's like, "I love baseball. Leave me alone." And you're like, "Jesus, <laughs> this is such a bummer." So I actually think she's fine in it. I sort of settled down on Kelly Preston because initially I'm like, "Is this good with insert you know Helen Hunt? Like, is this good with someone else in it? Like, I don't am know. I, am I any... am I lacking an actor I love in no, this? No, but like, I don't it think is so. it
2: is so it, a woman who just has to be like, "Hey." <laughs> Like, what's going on? And then he, like, throws her shit across the bathroom or whatever. Like,
3: she doesn't really get to, like, have real, like, reactions to any of the insane shit that he is doing to her. Like, that first date is one of the worst first dates that you could ever go on. Yeah, Come and sit five hours by yourself Mm -hmm. at, at a baseball stadium and you have no relationship with, the, this wives. Sport, with the wives. with the wives with who the are all be wives you, yep. fuck that that's like i have like and her to just like kind of be like oh actually i've really warmed up to this i would be yep. like i'm this sucks yeah i'm getting I out loved, of
2: here here's what i loved i loved how they met um yes. because it felt like fan fiction it felt like a, a girl who doesn't pay attention to sports like, right. has like a hunky guy come fix her car mm-hmm. and then it's like, he's famous? Like, ooh, I love that. I also love what both of them are wearing in that scene. Yes. The fashion in this movie... Good 90s large. looks. Good, I, I Hell, yes. so my my thought
0: in that scene, the uh, the flat tire scene. She <laughs> looks like she's about to go do a, a stand up set at uh, Union Hall.
2: Yeah, she's wearing like the
0: hoodie. She's wearing the hoodie the over like a flowery dress. dress and right. <laughs> Combat boots and her hair is up and she's got the glasses. And I'm just waiting for her to take out the notebook and go, what else?
1: What else? What else? <laughs> um like And that. and
2: he's wearing shorts and a big red windbreaker. Yeah. Looking great.
1: He does look good in this, right? As much yes, as it is. Does. Yes, it's a bit of a sort of like Costner hasn't quite accepted that he's middle-aged movie. Right. Obviously down to the fact that he's playing like a 40-year-old when how old is Costner? In he
0: this? has to be like 47 at this point, right? I yeah. think he's 40. 40-
1: He's
2: 45. Okay, okay, all right.
0: So you know what, Kevin? Fair play. I think also, (laughs) let's just say he's always played older. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. There's nothing boyish about him. So even him playing five years older than he should be in this movie. That's a movie about the guy being too old. He's got such bad energy. I think it was during that scene that I said out loud, Jesus Christ, he just looks like a wood carving.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like there's something about
2: him. Yes.
0: Yeah. He's very yeah. He he doesn't have much of a lip. But then he's He's got this incredible, like in profile. He looks like he belongs on a coin. He's you know, very I'm just serious. Like, his nose yeah, and his he brow. doesn't like
3: belong on a coin. Something I noticed, and I've never seen this on him before. And I wonder if it's like later in his career he got corrected. Mm. And this is maybe kind of rude of me. Same. His teeth are a little fucked up. He probably just has fucked up teeth. Like his just, bottom, yeah. I can see the crowding ben, all, in a way. You're, you're, you're yeah. tooth obsessed ever right. since you've you're had Invisalign. Invisalign. Invisalign.
0: Invisalign. They're looking great. Now. Yeah. No, that that is a thing. Like Tom Cruise, I feel well, like. Well, he
1: famously has. Was an teeth early one, in the, right? In the early and like 80s, everyone right. else,
0: had like man teeth. And then I think like around the early two thousands, it's like a prerequisite for every leading man to get like perfect veneers, right? And so I think you see guys like that who were got famous right before that generation were just teeth. like. I don't know. I just don't smile with my bottom
1: teeth. He catch them, so, you catch them. Like he's not someone, in my opinion, who's good at playing like a general because he's a little too. But he's great at playing. You know, like he's great in Thirteen Days. He's great at playing like a government There's guy the in the weary, '60s. He's casual, great in JFK, obviously. sort of like he wears
0: things heavy, but he he throws all the lines off the cuff. He's not that sort of commanding he, thing. Right, he has feel,
2: that kind of because he's from he's from California, right? He has that like. California yes, vibe. It's so yes. just kind of like every line, like you were saying, is just kind of like tossed off a little bit. The first thing he he's needs. from Compton. Huh.
1: Straight out of? Well, I don't want to say that he's straight out of Compton, but he is well, from. Did Compton, he stop California. somewhere else <laughs> well, midway
0: was, between Compton and his Hollywood? His
1: dad was an electrician and his mom was a welfare worker. And he, you know, went to maybe like a Baptist. No, no, he he is a Baptist. Okay or he was raised Baptist he sang in a choir he has stated that reviewing of how the west was won at the age of 7 formed his childhood and recently rambled about that on the Oscar Calling it stage, his first adult movie. <laughs> and Jane Campion said that was very dramatic. <laughs> like, and it was, was like, just Is she look, him. <laughs> look, it
0: was so hard to
1: process his speech in the wake. Everyone of, was just no, in their minds. Everyone just, was like, oh my "It just God. was like now this." Because right. that was right after Will Smith's speech, right? Yes. Like, yeah. So, yeah, it was he like everything had even gone- if.
2: if- the Will Smith thing hadn't happened I do think we might have paid more attention to how weird <laughs> Evan dynamic was but also right at the like end, yeah. in a way it was the exact kind
0: of weird you want out of the Oscars yeah. like it was like a Connery da movie speech where you're like here's just this like icon rambling about the power of this fucking thing with complete earnestness and it was just too disruptive at that point. <laughs> right, really. Like, Kevin, I'm sorry, I can't go back to your childhood right now. Right. right. He's like, let me paint a picture for you. I'm like, no, 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 no. Put, put your was like, I, down. I wish I could go back to your childhood. We know things now that we can't unknow. <laughs> anyway, uh, I first yeah, he is
1: a California boy. Yeah.
0: The first thing he said when I met him, they brought me over and they were like, Kevin, this is Griffin. He's the guy playing Rick, the intern. Because you have a
1: a couple of one on one scenes with him in draft. My a. role is almost exclusively one on one scenes. He with
2: breaks him. your computer when he, he breaks does. your
1: computer, which is actually uh, if I didn't know you, I would still be. I'm pretty upset in that scene. Thank you. Like that scene is and it's fairly early ish. I guess uh, about halfway. In it's the, the it's the resolution it's of my arc yeah but everything's fucked then there's up for 30 him.
0: minutes of additional deal making after that yes but, but it's, I mean, it's obviously draft
1: p- day is all about when he then yeah. the fucking reverse trade <laughs> right. and he gets everyone's picks back and right. it's so good but i uh, want david goddamn potney um but yeah when he breaks your computer that's a you know that's just you and him a lot of it was just mean
0: i spent so. like a tremendous amount of time
1: with him yeah
0: and uh but uh they brought me over and they were like kevin this is griffin he's the one who's doing all these scenes with you and you went where are you from and I said, uh, New York. And he went, ah, oh, a real actor. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> and I went like, I don't know, but I don't want you to think I'm like right. some fucking Broadway dude. And he went, no, but you're not like these California actors who just like boogie
1: boarding. Oh, wow. He hates the boogie boarders. He hates the California huh? So boys. if you had said to him like, hey, Kev, do you want to hit the waves later? He would have been like, you fire amateur. Fire. <laughs>
0: No, but that's why I never knew he was from California because he spoke so derisively of California
1: actors. Well, you live in Hollywood, Lonely. Yeah, Because he probably, now he probably, he must have a ranch. He lives right. He yeah. has He lives in Yellowstone. Does he live there? He bought it.
3: Yeah, he bought he it. Bought he, the bought whole, he bought the whole the whole a park, park. 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 It's not the for sale.
1: <laughs> it's national. He property. lives in
0: the Grand Canyon. <laughs> <laughs> he made a bed at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. Sleeps um, there. The Eagles tuck him in at night.
1: Obviously, he, uh, he has yes a ranch in Aspen okay. as well. Um, and uh, he co-authored a book called The Explorer's Guild of Passage to Shambhala. This is another what? thing about Kevin Costner. He is absurdly rich. <laughs> like well, beyond just yeah. how
0: much money he made as a movie star and everything, he's also like invested really well. He's like done a lot of shit. I mean, the, we all remember when the BP oil spill happened. He, he, and the he government has a lot of it. Mm-hmm. He
1: has a lot of money in like... Oil offshore oil drilling technology, yes, like environmentally yes. friendly alternative. Yes, he's 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 very he's made a lot of money there, And right. Yes, and and, and and you know also he's a Republican who went Democrat. Yeah, not less of those, less in of Hollywood. those, and, and I yeah. think
2: that's cool. I, like I think that. it's cool to a, a endorse
1: Pete. You know, like yeah. you know, <laughs> and, am I endorsing Pete? No, but no. No. does Kevin Costner endorsing Pete kind of just amuse like, okay. me? I do love it me? for yes. him. I
0: do love it, I love for, it for him. him. Yeah. No, but it was just this wild thing where when the oil spill happened and they were like, we don't know what to do. Kevin Costner went in front of Congress and he was like, look, I'm just telling you, I've spent the last 10 years <laughs> making a machine that can separate oil
1: from water. Right, so I think it was going to spin the oil, right. I think, right? Like in like a big drum. And you're
0: like, you have spent the last <laughs> decade funding this?
1: But he has said publicly that he has no ambition to run for political office. Another adding, thing I love. quote, I've lived quite a colorful life. Well.
2: Good. He doesn't, doesn't want us, want us looking in our
1: closet. Don't you look in his closet. comes
2: Olivia Craig. i going to submit a FOIA. <laughs> he has ASAP.
1: seven children.
2: Yeah. All with one person? I think or no, two. I
1: think two. Uh, yeah. he, he was married to one person. They had three kids, and he's married to someone else. They have
2: four. Huh. I wonder what he's like as a dad.
1: Uh, I bet G- it's kind of like Yellowstone. <laughs> It's like okay. Molly's game. You don't actually see much of him. Then he's on a park bench and he right. gives you a five. And yeah, you're like, is this like a dream scene.
2: Yeah, he finds you with the ice ring.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's the other thing with Costner. The most dramatic turnaround in my recent film loving like career is me being like, God, that Molly's game scene sucks. And then the second time I watch it being like, Costner crushes this. This is a good scene. Like I, I love that scene. It
0: is. I mean, I've seen it like three times now, probably. It is one of those things where I'm like, I think you've this... seen the movie.
1: You played the game.
0: I played the game. I <laughs> have played the game. I was dealt in. Um, I, I, there is no part of me that pushes back against anything he's doing, and I'm like, this is like Herculean what he is pulling off in this scene. And every time I'm just like, is it legal? for Sorkin to be asking him to do this. Absolutely not. It's It's not
2: legal for Sorkin to ask anyone to do anything. Aaron Sorkin
1: needs to write. He needs to actually be put in some sort of a friendly Hollywood jail for a while. But Costner's work in that scene is stunning. He's good. He's
2: really good in that movie. (laughs) Really fun. I'm glad we're all Molly's game hive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Molly's game rules. That's the that's, a, game that's game. what's annoying though. I know. I know. Is after Molly's game, it was like, you know what, Sorkin just needs to cook with gas. And then yeah. he's like, more gas. And we we're like, no, <laughs> no. Here, no, no. Take his
0: director's chair away. I remember but, like watching Molly's game being like, huh, he's actually a better director than I thought he would be. There's some interesting things in here. There's some shit where he like gets it wrong. There are like some scenes where he's like putting way too much paprika on the sandwich, but he's closer than I thought he would be, and he's found the perfect subject. This is maybe the best character he's ever built a movie around. He's in the pocket, and then he just makes two movies I hate with every fiber of
1: my being. And
2: I'm just I don't like, he's given to seven. all. You don't hate Chicago? I don't think it's That movie is, is awful.
1: It's, I don't think it's particularly good. Those but, uh, it's the, like uh, the, so Ricardos fucking saccharine was... and
0: so like uncinematic. Both of them and just right. stupid. Yeah, but
1: moving, moving, slight, slight. Cosner. Yeah. Is there a movie you don't like Cosner in? I feel like he's always good.
2: I think he's
1: always good. Look. Now, I haven't seen Black and White, which Oh, Olivia we were talking about how discussed. he loves sports movies. Yeah, He does love a sports movie, of course. Tin Cup, in which the villain's name is? David Sims. Two M's. Played by Don Johnson.
2: And this is like uh, his third baseball movie. This is the thing. He's
1: done, obviously, he's in one of the greatest baseball movies he's ever made. two of the greatest yeah, baseball I was say, movies. which one
2: are you talking about? Major
1: League, he was
3: in Major League Two. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I was talking about Bull Durham. Obviously, Field of Dreams is like one of the great america movies sure yeah is it a great baseball movie like it's a lot of the sport being well but but it's a great baseball movie in the the baseball as religion it's the idea of baseball it's like baseball is like a romantic right i love that movie yes i because people shit on field of no it's a great film and they shouldn't yeah
2: it is corny but (laughs) sure but baseball as a romantic idea is corny yes 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 corny
1: yes do I like, own a 4K box set of Ken Burns's baseball in my house? I sure do. Do you have the Field Dreams 4K steel? I sure do. Well, um, <laughs> do I also think the natural rules, even though Ken, Kevin Costner's not in yeah, it? Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. Regular uh, 4K, no steel book for that one, right?
1: I don't think I have that one on disc. Oh,
0: interesting. Look, the point is, especially when Costner is coming off of like his two biggest flops ever, right? And you're just like, has the hubris taken over him? Like, he needs to step back. He needs to go back in the pocket. Why did he do... Two fucking post apocalyptic sci fi budget You're talking, talking Waterworld
1: and The Postman. Tin Cup is in the middle of those. Two. Okay, fair enough. So Tin Cup, he was kind of. Tin Cup is good. Tin Cup, he's on base. Those, he's yeah, on base,
0: right? Like, and then there are two humongous flops. Message in a Bottle comes out before this, but isn't out when he uh, yeah, starts actually, filming. Yeah, Message
1: this. in a Bottle actually did Does pretty well.
0: well. Yeah, it did yeah, pretty yeah, well. Yeah. yeah. So he yeah. had like two smaller, sort of like, romance movies. But you just have to think for Universal to be like, we got Kevin Costner making the third film in his baseball trilogy. Right. And for yeah. Costner and his team feeling like we're back in the the sweet spot. Everyone's going to be so happy to see me doing this again. Well, also, the, pitch, cannot is, miss.
1: the pitch for this movie uh-huh. is, is really good. Where it it's is. like Kevin Costner is playing a baseball, a, a, a famed pitcher who's probably pitching a final game. I'm like, I can picture that. I'm already tearing I'm, I'm, up. I'm seeing the hat the on his head. At the suggestion. And it's like, okay, while he's on the mound, he's reminiscing through his life. I'm like, sounds good. Fuck. Yeah. And what they're not saying is like, they're reminiscing on how he's like, I was kind of an asshole to this one woman. This one <laughs> kind of shitty, unwilling to commit relationship. I
2: spent like five years being kind of mean to a woman who loved me. Who obviously
1: yeah. liked me and had room for me in her life. And... uh th- I was talking about I'll give you some context in the movie in a second. Yeah, I was just talking about this with Forky. Yeah. Dating, like, say you're dating Kevin Costner in this movie. Do you just have the thought of like, yes, he's a nightmare right now, but like it's only a few more years of baseball, and then he's retired, rich, yes. has no job, the lot to work I with. think the movie would benefit from making
0: that text. It's <laughs> like you need to have the character sort of I'm think not saying that's an those. argument for dating. He's not very
1: nice to her, but no, just you but, know.
2: As Brian Cox said, he's invested his money well. Yeah. And I kind of liked the setup that they had when they first started, where it's like, you go on the road, yeah. do whatever. And when you're in New York, you're in New York. Yes. I, w- I would be so. You'd be chill with that. You don't that. mind if
1: he fucks the masseuse. No, absolutely well, that's the not. Thing. But when you're it's in New like, York, you're right. with me and that's fine. Do you fine. think it's a little rude of him to fuck the masseuse? Not because he's with Kelly Preston.
2: Just because it's like, don't fuck them. I think it's. A I think they weird. had been fucking.
1: I know. I know. Yeah. And she, she's doing the uh, nice to see. <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, she's like, I haven't They're seen you
2: right. in a minute. Uh, yeah. Because I think it's also it's like I think the masseuse wants to fuck him.
1: No, no, she does. I'm Absolutely. not saying he's taking advantage yeah. of the masseuse. I'm no. just kind of like, don't you just want to keep the masseuse relationship professional? Cliche, right? But uh, is, maybe not. It
0: is a thing though, where like that is kind of a fun modern
1: setup, especially
0: for two people who are like adults, like proper adults in a movie yeah, like this. One of them's a mom, right. you know, and he's like a, you know. The fact that it takes one player. scene for that to fall apart. Like the yeah. next scene is her walking in with the masseuse. I and really him like what like,
1: he says, like before anything else. I want you to know my heart leapt when I saw you. Uh, I the, actually really like some that of these line. fucking moments.
0: I mean, you were asking if I ever dislike Costner,
1: right? Yeah. And
0: I just think I don't. I, I think because like, I
1: like him in postman and Waterworld, right? Like even such if the a movies aren't steady good. hand. And I think he's
0: such a unique movie star. I'm gonna, I mean, I'm gonna have a lot of little anecdotes like this, right? But there was a thing on set where I would hear crew people be like, he sucks. He can't act. Like, what is what the fuck is going on here? And I would tell them like stand behind the monitor and watch what he's doing, and they would do it. And they'd go like, "Holy shit, you're totally right!" It, it, he's one of those guys where he has he knows such an understanding of filmmaking, of how he plays on camera, of what his iconography is
1: no pun intended,
0: <laughs> but like what his weight is, like all that sort of. Did shit.
1: you ever do him on iconography?
2: No, no, no one ever brought Costner.
1: You should have Costner. Would have been an uncool thing himself. to bring to a very cool podcast, but.
2: I don't know. I think Io and I would have a lot of fun. <laughs> exactly. Yeah,
1: that's the thing. We love
2: old white men. Yeah,
0: that's the thing. Yeah, Io probably has insane Kevin Costner.
1: Today. I don't I'm think sure. there's a lot of debate on whether Kevin Costner is an icon. or. I mean, the man is certainly I an mean, icon. The, I'll
2: text Io and see. I'll ask her what her yeah, thoughts are say. on Kevin Costner. Please. And then if she responds. Yeah. But
1: it was we'll that thing out.
0: where I was like, when I'm in a scene with him, it is like astounding. It is astounding to like play off of him. And then if you're standing at any other angle, it looks like he's doing nothing. So. And he'll like he will like he's not a guy who gives like immaculate take after immaculate take. He is a guy who is like striving to identify moments where he can like just roll the line off in the right way or find the little look or whatever. So it's not like if you're watching him, you're like from beginning to end. He's always perfect. This guy is put together. He knows the line. But he understands filmmaking where he's like, I just got to get that shot. I got to get that moment. I got to find it. And he's like a little obsessive about like.
1: Can he make can he direct one more movie? He's lost in Yellowstone World now. Didn't
0: he just announce a thing? Did he? I think he just announced a Western. Good. Yes,
1: he announced a Western. You're right. We're so fucking amped about it. We should this. do it. Him. It's happening. I think it's only five movies, right? I right. think it's
2: I think it's only three.
1: Dancing with Wolves. I think we would have to do Waterworld, though. Yeah, we would. That was our Because ghost direct. We put him in marketing. It's Dances with Wolves, The Postman, and Open, open range. range. I guess it's only three. I open Range is.
0: We crap. were texting about this when have this you happened. Seen open range? I no, think he on announced. On
1: That he's self-financing. I think you're right. I think you're right. He's like,
0: fuck it. I'm just going to make my own Western. I love that.
1: Love it. All right. Let me give you some context about For Love of the Game. Okay? Is everyone ready? All right. Michael J. Shara. We all know him. He wrote this novel. He won the Pulitzer Prize in fiction from Mm -hmm. a book called The Killer Angels, which was about Gettysburg. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then he had a near-death motorcycle accident. And uh, he never wrote another hit book. Mm -hmm. And he, like, apparently it really fucked him up. In 1988, he died of a heart attack. He was 58 years old. His son, Jeffrey, who's also someone who writes fucking Gettysburg-esque novels, Mm -hmm. found this manuscript in his house after he died. This was his
0: unpublished novel.
1: He just had, like, a baseball book sitting around. I know. And he read it, and he was like, this is pretty good. And he got it published. And uh, before it was even published, probably partly because of the name and probably, probably mm-hmm. because of the story, Hollywood was like, yep. Come yep, on. Yep. You know, it sounds good. Yeah. We was, want it.
2: Was the book a hit at all? Not really. I don't think it was probably. like
1: a best, yeah. you know, a massive hit or anything, but it was, a. it's 150 pages long. Like it's like, it's, a it's it's, yeah. it's a, Exactly. But it does feel like the kind of book where it's it's short yeah. and it's the, the concept is so cinematic, sounding yeah. mm-hmm. That like yes. Hollywood just immediately there's something like, just so
0: romantic about the entire idea of the thing.
1: Yeah, that's, um,
3: that's awesome. This
0: is going really good. Right? This episode, yeah, yeah. I'm I
3: loving think, it. I,
1: okay.
0: think, I think I think we're having a really fun time. Twenty
1: minutes on baseball, another twenty on cause. Everything is You're running smoothly. We're in the smoothly.
3: dossier, like we're like fifty. Yeah. So yeah. In I also like, feel like we're I, not
0: doing side tangents. Like we're we're like talking about things like in the expansive web of the movie but we're actually like we got into it pretty quickly right. I'm sorry I
3: even brought back because I feel like I'm going to jinx it you don't right? want the jinx jokes
1: that, are funny I mean you don't yeah. want to jinx that you might be you know producing might, the perfect podcast producing
0: the perfect podcast right now
1: no, no. So, Ben, what your experience, I believe, was also seeing this at the time, but you did not rewatch it, you told me.
3: I did not. Yeah, no. I, I didn't, didn't have time. You didn't watch yeah, Okay. We're okay, doing gotcha. these
1: episodes very close together, and I don't think we can really reasonably expect Ben to have yeah. to watch everything.
3: So, anyways, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I left, and I was just like, those were a lot of keys. That was my takeaway. <laughs> Fuck.
1: All right. Let's just keep going. Sidney Pollack, he hires Robert Town. I mean, it's just like big, big heavyweights coming sure. in. And does uh, Amy Robinson, is she already involved at this point? Yeah, she's okay. the producer who found it. Amy Robinson,
0: who I just like, want to shut out, a legend. She is a legend. I'm was sorry. Was Griffin yes. Dunn's producing partner, did After she, Hours and Running on Empty correct. and other films with him, but was the female lead in Mean Streets. Yes. She like pretty much stopped acting after that. Oh, that rocks. Yeah, right? But
1: it's, it's obviously,
0: right. And then she, became a producer and Griffin Dunn was like, no one will hire me. I want to find my own projects. He teams up with her. Yeah. They start buying scripts from him and then they just start setting up movies with other people. And
1: she's a fucking badass person. You know what the last movie she produced was? What? Julie and Julia. Cool. Um, So Dana Stevens, now not friend of the show, Dana We should Stevens. clarify. Uh, but uh, American screenwriter Dana Stevens, who in fact wrote The Woman King, which you know Prince Bythewood is, you know, wow. making this year. Yeah. Has written a lot of movies. Yeah, uh, you know she wrote Life or something like it. Mm-hmm. Jolie Burns, we all remember. She wrote The City of Angels, the Cage right. Ryan, right.
2: The movie that gave us Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls,
1: correct. America's greatest. She movie. Yeah. wrote a music video. Uh, Kevin Hart's Fatherhood, which was on Netflix this year. Yeah. Um, but well, uh, what so, was the
0: thing she wrote before this that was like her breakout thing that I'm forgetting?
1: It's called Blink. Right. Uh, it was a Michael Apted thriller, starring Madeline Stowe and Aidan Quinn. I've never seen it. No
3: that fucking song in my head. Sorry. Oh, sorry. And I don't but want the world to see. <laughs>
0: He's just sitting in that tower looking Late at Late
1: 90s. Tell us. Same vibes, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so, uh, after writing Blink, Dana Stevens says I'm a female screenwriter who had just written a, a movie with a female lead. Mm-hmm. All I'm getting offered are no- novel thrillers with tough right. female characters. Yeah. And... She's talking to Amy Robinson. Amy's like, what do you want to like? What is what would you really want to write? And she's like, the truth is, I really want to write The Way We Were, the Redford Strisand movie. Yeah. That's my favorite movie of all time. Amy Robinson looks at her and says, Do you like baseball? And she's like, I love baseball. And Amy R- Amy Robinson is like, Read this book, because it's kind of like the way we were with baseball. Right. Right. Like the now. I think that's a stretch because I <laughs> wish this was like the way we were. Like, I wish it was a 20 year romance. That's what right? everyone You know what I mean? Instead, it's like, to, I met her when yeah. I was famous and fucking around. Like right. Because it's know, also
2: like, like, they don't date for that long. No. They break up for a couple a of years. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: yeah. No, that's, that's the problem with this one. But also, it is yeah. funny that every, like, it feels like every step of getting someone involved in this movie was someone being like, do you like baseball? And then taking a <laughs> breath and going. I love baseball. Like Amy Robinson said, it was like she read the review of the book and she was like, fuck, I've always wanted to make a baseball yeah, movie. And like, like ran baseball. Ran out,
1: bought the book, read the it, and was like, this is it. The-, the crack of the motherfucking bat. Now, the book is set in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Dana Stevens brought it into the present day. Uh, and she also brought in the daughter character. Right. Maybe a mistake. I think the whatever. Kelly Preston
0: character was entirely different. Yeah, it's
1: fairly different. How they meet is different, apparently. Right. Now as you might read on wikipedia mm-hmm. supposedly tom cruise attached to this movie no tom cruise apparently begged Sidney Pollack Wanted to do this movie. this movie and Sidney didn't want to do it because he was like you make no sense for this no. movie i want i'm thinking of an autumnal guy right. at the end and tom cruise
2: makes no sense you're, for
1: that you're too crazy. prime of your life tom yeah. cruise seems like a baby in 1999 he's also still.
2: too little i feel everything, too, about yeah.
1: it. everything about it yeah yeah, yeah. I can't imagine him being like, ah, you know, I've had a long career. I'm like, no, you haven't. Even, even though in 99, he sure, you know, he's been around. Right. But it still just wouldn't work. But this is one of those things. Mm-hmm. It's weird because Costner and him have the same
0: length of career. And yes. yet it's like. No, yeah. it doesn't work. But you just have to imagine everyone at this point has already for months or years been saying in hushed tones, like, it's got to be Costner, right? The, the version of this movie that makes no sense is Costner. In every single box,
1: it's like check, 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 check. Okay, so this gets, she gets wild. Yep. Pollock eventually quits the movie. Lawrence Kasdan comes in.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: He brings Cosner. Right. right. He's the one who Finally gets Cosner on board. Right. Uh, Dana Stevens departs because Kasdan starts fucking with the script. Apparently, Dana Stevens says that Jake Kasdan, who was 21 at the time, yep. obviously is now an established Hollywood screenwriter. He's already
0: done Zero Effect. Has he already done Zero Effect? Yeah, Zero Effect's 98. Ninety-seven? I guess maybe it has Well no, but yeah, this is oh, this sure. isn't ninety-eight, right? Because yeah. this is yeah. when it's still true. working
1: That's on true. it. That's true. He's only 21. Yeah. He did his own version of the movie. Um I don't know what they messed with. But that basically. was like
0: Larry was like, I, I want to do this. Like, if, you're out. Yeah. If, yeah, I'm if doing Jake this. can write it.
1: Right. Um, and so Kevin Costner stuck up for Dana Stevens and said, no, she should write it. And so Kazdan quits because yeah. he wanted his son to be the writer. But this is, once again, the second Cosner
0: enters the picture, it's his fucking movie. Right? right he's clearly like... This is the thing. Right. He's the calling the shots. On everything. And it's just like... He's well, calling the play. You got a great the director. Fix. You have a hot screen writer. It's one or the other. And he gets to constantly put his thumb on the scale as to what wins. And a guy he's worked with so many times at this point. Like, he and Kazdan have a real relationship. Absolutely. He must really
2: like Dana Stevens. Yeah. Yeah. Or he hates Jake
1: Kasdan. That might be it. He might have been like, listen, Larry, this isn't like a training wheels thing for your kid. This is a Kevin Costner movie about baseball.
0: This is the other thing. I think Costner gets in his head, I don't say this in a negative way, but he is this guy who like big picture is like, I know the kind of movie we're trying to make, the kind of feeling I want, you know? Like he does really invest in There's so many quotes that J.J. pulled up that we'll get to where he's just like, I think about the everyday American putting their $8 down to see my movie and what they want. I know. know, Let me talk. I I, I think if if Jake Kasdan is not syncing up with his vision, no amount of Kasdan loyalty is going Mm. to trump if Dana Stevens is closer to what he thinks the movie needs to feel
1: like. And also they seemingly got along well. Sam Raimi throws his hat in the ring. The studio says, we're not interested in you. You lunatic. Go make another fucking Dead Height movie. Exactly. You child. Sam Raimi loves baseball. He says, I'd had kids. I was married. I'd gotten older. You know, I wanted to make this kind of a movie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's what we're talking about in Raimi's career. And I haven't really asked you your thoughts on Raimi, Olivia. But it's this middle part of his career between Spider-Man and his early genre stuff where he makes the simple plan and this. Right. And the gift he's making like grown-up movies. Like and he's Simple clearly Plan like, I want like, to make grown up This Plan, should be
0: the Coen Brothers transitional Oscar moment and the film is a little bit underrated in its moment, doesn't get the recognition it deserves. And then now he's doing this movie where it's like, oh, you're in a weird zone.
2: Yeah, I rewatched Simple Plan before this to kind of be like, where are we at in his vibe? And that movie rocks. It rips. <laughs> that so. movie is so good yep. and like the pacing is really good and it's like a really good screenplay. Also based on a book. Yes. Um, I love Raimi. Raimi to me, and I think people my age, is Spider-Man. Yeah. Like that, Tobey Maguire is my childhood yeah. Spider-Man. Yes. And I love those movies. And that is mostly how I know him. Because I'm a scaredy cat and mm. I don't watch the scary ones. But I love Sam Raimi.
1: We, we all love Sam Raimi here. I... I wonder if there's more he could have done with this movie. I don't know. But anyway,
2: there are a couple moments that are like in the in the first like 10 minutes the, there when- are like three little funny Things. The thing he does and where I was he kind of like,
1: drops the sound out and oh, he like yeah. isolates. Oh, is called?
2: Clear the mechanism? <laughs> Clear yes. the mechanism.
1: You know, all that. Sh- I love that. And I was like, yeah. oh, a little visual invention from Raimi. And then yeah. it's like kind of
0: doesn't really happen again. Well, it's I mean, we talked about that, like simple plan. He was challenging
1: himself. Don't move the camera so much.
0: Right. Yeah. But you still feel the Raimi energy and inventiveness and like thoughtfulness in the impact of every single moment, every shot, every line reading or whatever. This just feels a little bit like he's
1: on a preset. A like little bit. Like he's yeah. on... Like you said, Costner's kind of running the show. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway, Raimi takes a, a meeting with uh, Costner's producing partner to discuss end of days, which mm-hmm. apparently was also being considered by them. Yeah. And then and he's, he's like, like, this is
0: the course, the thing I get hired for, the big fucking demonic horror movie. And then he's like, by the way, I actually want to do the
1: baseball movie. Yeah. And they're like, okay, they send him out to Maine. As you said, he, he pitched Costner on the set of Message in a Bottle. Mm-hmm. They flew uh, him out. He got flown out on Costner's private plane. His his cool. quote is, after cool we move. met, I honestly didn't think he was interested in me, but he must have liked the other directors he met with even less. But David. <laughs> so what? it's not it's not like Kevin Costner, I guess, was like, Sam, you're a genius. But sorry, what do you want me well, to? Well,
0: the other thing Remy said was he was like, I don't remember ever being hired onto that movie. I remember having like meeting after meeting after meeting. And then one day I was on set and there was a, a my name on the back of a chair. Like
1: there was no <laughs> point Correct. where I felt
0: like I never I got the call
1: this. that I had the job. Right. right. Yes. I um, mean. The other thing is apparently he yes. got like a mosquito That's bite. What I want. Right. Well, when when he showed up in Maine, I guess he gets and, off the
0: plane and JJ, our researcher, described it as a hitch-like right. allergic reaction where his face is like completely blew up.
1: Yeah. Oh. Um. Yeah, and his face was completely swollen. When he met Kevin Costner the first time, he was completely miserable. Well, yes, and he had hitch-like facial swelling. But hey, he gets the gig. That's a gig. Everyone it's speaks. Highly of him.
3: If anything, maybe he really just stuck. Uh, I want <laughs> yeah. Give me that swollen fucker. Yeah.
1: Um, everyone speaks high- like Dana Stevens says like he he was a good middle ground guy. Yeah. Like he was the guy calling, you know, like settling things down. Yeah. Like if if, if Costner was fighting with the studio, Sam was good. Steady hand, diplomatic. Exactly. Right. Costner respected
0: him, liked that he had such a clear vision, wanted to hand himself over. Mm-hmm. It, that's the thing it sounds like a little bit during production costner relinquished control more than he usually does sure and then like, this guy during post he that's wound way crazy. the fuck up whereas i think often on set he's like really getting his gonna like
2: listen and
1: <laughs> yeah yeah the film filmed at yankee stadium
2: i was wondering the
1: house that how they did this. Built. Uh, the Yankees had just won the World Series. If anyone knows, in 1998, they were the most successful baseball team in history, mm-hmm. and they beat the Padres. Mm-hmm. And right after that, uh, it wasn't too cold because the World Series was so short. They filmed for a month, basically, in October 20, 1999, 1998.
3: And that's the old Yankee Stadium. It is the old Yankee Stadium. Did they, where you can success. get the train, where the train, yeah. you could still, you know what I mean? It was in the background more. Yeah.
2: Did they just, like, have, are all those extras, like, just real people because there are a couple crowd shots where there's like a lot of people. people. They said there's a
0: lot of cardboard standees and a surprising amount of CGI. To fill
2: huh. it up. Yeah,
1: there you go. Yeah. Because the crowd stuff does look very real. Yeah. And really realistic. It and looks like, like,
2: you know how they did um, fans? A Star is Born, where it, they just like ran on at Coachella. I mean,
1: well, that is one of my favorite stories where at Coachella, right, they were like, and now for 10 minutes, Bradley Cooper and Willie Nelson's kid are going to play a song for you. And everyone was just like, and they were like okay, there you, yeah. like, you know. But uh, no, the Yankee fans in this are very well yeah. cast. Those, they're just like the sort of like, you know, stupid loudmouth. I love uh, the guy type. in the bar. The guy at the bar is
0: incredible. I, I didn't double check this, but I watched these two movies, not even back to back, but Interruptus. Mm. I think the guy at the bar is the fucking uh, wrestling promoter in Spider-Man. I mean, that would. Who shortchanges him. Remy does like
2: to like reuse his. Yes. Guys. He
0: wanted Brent Briscoe, who is the third guy in Simple Plan, to play the John C. Riley part. And the studio was like, this Riley guy's popping too hard. You have, And to. he's
2: pretty good in that movie. In the movie, John C. Riley. Yes. He
0: is good. He, he is
2: has good. like nothing to do. But no. When he, th- when he makes his run, that's cute. Yeah. Uh,
1: Sam Tuttle, who you know is one of the players, mm-hmm. is played by the burglar in Spider-Man, Michael right. Papa John.
0: Okay, okay, right. Uh, yes. The murderous
1: burglar. Yes. Um, but I'm trying to find okay, Larry uh, Joshua is his is name. Is that the
0: guy's name? This is the movie that gets J.K. Simmons hired onto Spider-Man. Absolutely. That's the other thing, is like that character had been fan cast so much.
1: Yes, he is the wrestling promoter in Spider okay, Man. Okay, thank go. you. Confirmed.
0: Yeah. Th- that character had been fan cast so much, even like through the years of James Cameron Spider Man development. Right. And people were always like, I think there was always the thought of what if Stan Lee played J. John Jameson himself because he's a mustache man, which fans always liked the idea of. And then the other. Dumb, obvious casting that everyone always talked about was Arlie Army because they're sure, like, oh, it'd be great to barks. put this guy in a flat top and have him yell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when J.K. Simmons was announced, people were like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's so about? good. I know, but it was because of this movie where he doesn't have a lot to do, He's but he great. wears but he a really, mustache so yeah. well.
1: He's so good. At
0: and Sam Raimi like, was just like, I'm telling you, this is the guy. And people were a little perplexed. I remember reading a Spider-Man issue where the movie was just coming together. I think they perhaps had not cast toby dunst and defoe yet sure. part of me remembers him being the first guy they cast when raimi came on and it was like the back letters page of amazing spider-man was a photo of jk simmons reading a spider-man issue with a cigar in his mouth and he didn't have the hair but he had the mustache and it was like the announcement of like sam raimi believes he's found his J. jonah jameson and fans were weary about it and then uh it, w- what a fucking good call great call i he
2: mean really wears the mustache. So well. It's beautiful.
1: It's a a beautiful... I think his performance in this is... He's just... He just looks like a baseball man. Yeah, he, it's, it's he looks
2: thing. Yeah. he looks exactly like the guy you and see. The way he chooses. The way he chooses. Choose. great.
1: Look, I mean, I tweeted, is there no better, no one better cast? And a lot of people tweeted James Gammon in Major League of Me. And obviously, James Gammon in Major League is a, is a top choice there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of, some people tweeted Philip Seymour Hoffman in Moneyball, who's great. You know, like there are other good ones, but this is very good casting, I think. I want to tell you that Amy Robinson insisted they shoot at Yankee mm-hmm. Stadium. And everyone was like, it's not going to fucking happen. She called George Steinbrenner on the phone. And he picked up and she's like, I want to do this movie with Kevin Costner. And he was like, Kevin Costner, wonderful young man. I watch his movie Dances with Wolves all the time. I love Kevin Costner. Anything that young man wants to do must be very good. And that was that was young man is funny to say about. I mean, I'm just imagining Larry David David saying these things, obviously.
0: Um, But then his terms were like, I love Costner so much that we're going to give you a lot of resources free
1: free, you know rain but he
0: had all these demands about how the Yankees were depicted right
1: well another some other things that Steinbrenner did was shocked that a woman had written the movie Nice. Uh, thought Sam Raimi was like a runner or something. It was like you're the director. You're a, you look like a child, which makes sense. Sam Raimi
0: does have the energy of like Scooter from the Muppet Show. He,
2: Sam Raimi has always looked like a like a, little a
0: boy. baby. He still looks like a little boy looks, in like a first communion come,
1: first suit. communion energy. Very yeah. much like he looks like his suit doesn't quite fit him right, right or whatever. Likes yes, as you said, him. he required that anyone dressed as a Yankee had to be an established actor or a Professional baseball player, right. at least at like the collegiate level, and I
0: think a lot of like the coaches and the the staff members and whatever the real piece, pe- right, right.
1: uh I mean, and we're gonna get like you know, so yeah, they had a lot of CGI. They had two thousand extras,
0: which is a lot. That is a lot, but it's like six uh, thousand.
1: Yeah, they had a lot more cardboard people, right. dimensionally challenged people. They say <laughs> costa was forty four years old. Okay. That's pretty old yeah. to be throwing baseballs. Apparently, he was hitting 84 miles an hour on the radar gun, which is pretty Ooh-wee.
0: good. He always, I mean, all the home video footage in this movie Ben's is like, yes. bullshit.
1: no,
3: get out of here.
0: Cousin always talks about how he, like, was now he had played baseball in college. Right. He, like, So he, does he one, one of those guys baseball. who's like,
2: I could have gone pro?
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. He's absolutely one of those guys who constantly. I feel like says, he
2: made a better choice.
3: Yeah, he absolutely did. Uh, he has good form. Like, he does he? Does. His, his, yeah, like, he, he looks, he looks adds proper. Adds a picture like yes. he, it that's looks the really other authentic. thing is like, like Tom, Tom Cruise
2: could not. I can't no. see Tom Cruise no. throwing a baseball. I mean, I can For see how Tom
0: much Cruise study it. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah exactly. he, he would, like, would like, it right, never. I be yeah. It would never <laughs>
2: look natural.
0: No, no. Costner. Costner just has it. The other thing that's insane in the notes is, and and this is a thing Costner's only
1: started talking about recently. Well, yes. This is. Are you talking about? He was juicing. Well, he was hanging out. Yankee Stadium in 1998 with, with the New York cool Yankees. Guys. <laughs> right. and and, he's and like, I'm he was,
0: 44. I'm feeling the wear and tear. I
1: Look, I listened to the Bill Simmons podcast and I remember this. Uh, you know, he's he's throwing 200, 300 pitches a day when he's making this That's movie. the thing. He
0: has to throw more pitches it's than fucking, an actual
1: pitcher
2: okay, does. So life is just imitating art. This is just... As, as yes. you put
1: it, I was seeing the actual trainer for the Yankees. The guy came to my rescue. I started to take some stuff. Had to take a lot of stuff just to get Hell through yeah, the day. Kevin. Look, I mean, I, I don't know if, like, they were injecting him or they were just like, just, you know, put a little of this on your couple skin. Blues, a, little, a couple blues, a couple greens. You know, the clear right. and the cream, right? Like, all yeah. that stuff. That's that they were fine. Doing. Um, yeah, that's good. And I like, like it. I approve. <laughs> so then, right, for the last day, they were going to simulate the whole game. He was going to have to pitch for about five hours. He gets the trainer and he says, what if, had yeah, a player was never going to play again, like Dave Cohn, it's his last game.
0: Truly, like, leave it all on the field.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And the guy said... You know, he was was basically like, I need a couple green ones, a couple blue ones. And the guy was like, no, right. He's saying that. He's saying, I need something you haven't brought out yet. And the guy looks him in the eyes. He's like, all right. And then he basically, you know, shoots him up. (laughs) Full of (laughs) stuff. And then the last thing he said to him is he's like sending him out onto the pitches. You're going to growl at a few people. (laughs) (laughs) They gave him like the green goblin juice. Yeah, I don't know. They were basically like going to be really hyped up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like just FYI, after what I just gave, they put you. <laughs> they put him in the green smoke tank,
1: and he became
0: he went in full goblin mode. But he says that like one of the one of the moments where he like gets aggro, it yeah. was
1: a, a genuine unplay. If you ever look at that thing, I get I come off the mound when someone starts complaining. And I don't like something had snapped. Like I was not acting. I just was really worked up. Uh, so, you know, it's just crazy because this movie is so gentle. I know that Costner was like, like yeah, I got to I got to get fucking yeah. Balco jacked. shit. You
0: know, like <laughs> into but they me. also say that he kept on going around to people on set and being like, I really think this one's working. This is the best movie I've ever made.
2: I mean, I think that if you were juiced up, you yeah, might well, also sure. be like. This is incredible. I, right, this I, I, is imagine, I imagine steroids are just like cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> it's the but same it's like thing. he's
0: committed to this thing. He's like, I really, I'm going hard on this. I think you can yeah.
2: see that in the movie. He feels very committed yes. to the movie Especially in his performance. Especially the baseball So yeah.
1: yeah. He like, feels a little f- less committed to Kelly Preston. Of course, sure. that is his character arc, I yeah. suppose. John C. Riley, incredible mm-hmm. casting to me. Yes. He's like, he looks like a catch. Yes. Absolutely. Has no interest in baseball. Yeah. Even though he's from Chicago. You, you imagine this I is a guy. I think this is offensive. Like...
2: <laughs> I just imagine John C. Riley at like Wrigley little,
1: Field. Yeah. He's a
2: theater kid. He's like a little theater boy. I mean, that's the so, thing about
1: him. He, he, he looks like a catcher's mitt, but yeah. like yeah. at yeah. the end of the day, he he's like, like he's, I want to do beer. He should, beer, be, like, right he should be
2: like pounding beer in a I yeah. bar. I want to do American Buffalo. But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he he's loves like, clowns I need to do True West. Right. Do
0: you know this like John C. Riley like collects clown paintings? Like paintings of clowns or paintings by clowns. That's weird. Yeah. Do
2: you think it's like in the way that like he probably studied like Italian clowning? Yes. Is it like that
0: kind of yes. clown? shit? he talks yeah. about like Dr. Steve Brule like being his clown persona, in that kind of like that makes sense way.
1: Yes. Um. But yeah, he uh.
0: It's you know. it's absolutely though the academic lofting. Yeah. It's love like Commedia dell'arte. Yes. Yes.
2: Um. I like that he when you first see him he's playing his little Game Boy I and do it too. looks so tiny and so little in his so big little hands. In his I love that.
0: <laughs> and I think look. As great as Brent Briscoe is. Brent. And obviously, so we well with Ramey wanted Brent
1: Briscoe, who yeah. plays the dumb friend in a simple plan. Uh, yes. Yeah. And who actually has baseball experience. And right. the, the, the studio said, we're getting Riley. The guy's up and coming. Right. Here's
0: um, the thing that I think helps. Yeah. Briscoe and Costner read much closer in age at this point in time. Yes. I think it helps that there's a generation yeah, gap mean between Riley, Riley slightly even down to the Game Boy and the backwards hat yeah. and all that, like he can't hold his liquor kind of stuff. It makes you realize how like aged Costner yes, is. Right. That he's like, can't keep up with this.
2: Play. I also like the part where Costner's like, I'm only pitching with Gus. Like, oh, Gus yeah. is my guy. And it's like, oh, he probably came, like, halfway through your career, yeah. and you guys have just, like, I, bonded I'm, in this, this way. I
1: love that, though. Whenever could, pitchers yeah. have a special catcher, like, Andy Pettit would always pitch to Jim Leyritz, who is this guy who seemed like he had just, like, f- like, escaped from a prison bus. Yeah, And I was just like, are they buds? Like, is there just some sort of chat that they understand? Like, some banter there? Like, I." But that's the thing about baseball, too. There's a lot of, like, weird
3: luck. Ritual, right. yeah. Very like, it's so built uh, supernatural into the game. about all yeah. that shit. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's true. Yes.
1: Vin Scully, Costner requested mm-hmm. have to have Vin Great Scully. Yeah, unbelievable for fun. really Real.
2: helps the movie. Yeah.
1: Scully had never done anything like this. Like he'd maybe done thirty seconds of voiceover for a movie before, but he'd never done like uh... he voiced Diago in Aladdin. <laughs> uh He <laughs> Jafar. I'm telling you, this kid with the lamp. They sent Scully the script. Guess two what? Two wishes left. Was. Of the ninth. Didn't think it was very good, <laughs> but what do I know about scripts? Says Vin Scully. I went over to Universal, and their attitude was great, so they convinced him. But it's just <laughs> funny they sent him the script and you'd expect me, and I just loved it. He's like, I read the script, piece of shit, <laughs> <laughs> hokey garbage. And then they said they would give me one million American dollars, and I was like, all right, sure, I'll do it. And uh, you know, uh, Ramey just let him improvise. It was just like, yeah. you know, do your thing. Yeah. like you're
0: Vin um, Scully. Who am I? What do, incredible! I you? Yeah. Incredible!
1: Yeah. Okay, oh, there was
0: a reshoot of the final scene. At Vince Scully's suggestion?
2: The airport scene?
0: No, the final baseball.
1: Yeah, the final, sorry, the final yeah. baseball scene.
0: It sounds like they shot a more sort of maybe yeah, maybe magical, a more natural-esque. Thing. Right. And he was like, you're getting this so right. You don't have to go this big. You should scale it down. It's a shame if you blow it. It's
2: a really good, that is like the best part of baseball is when everyone like rushes yeah. to the field. Like when the Cubs won... The World Series. 2016, one of Those, the last happy moments in America. That life. was like really one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. It was, where it was just like so electric. And in this movie, they kind of capture that really well. Here's
0: the other thing I think Vince Scully got right. And it's like, I haven't seen the original ending, right? Don't know what they did differently. He's probably
1: just a little more hyped up or whatever.
2: But as
1: someone who barely
0: understands these things, I do think so often in these like historic moments, The final play isn't the best play of the game. It's the release of tension. It's like, fuck. And now we've run out the clock, and it's over, and we get to all celebrate. And that's
1: why it's Costner plays it so well, where when it's the hit happens, he looks genuinely scared. Mm, He doesn't look like cool Costner anymore. No. And then they're all excited that, yeah. It's either you or me,
0: kid. That, That thing of, like, he knows if this kid ends the perfect game, it makes his career. Yeah. And if he doesn't, then Costner gets to end with the perfect dramatic arc. Yeah. I also
2: think it's a really smart move that it's a perfect game and not a no-hitter. Yeah. Because if it was just a no-hitter, it would be so boring. It would be and so it would, And it would be like, no oh, it's just, it's Costner. But now it's like, oh, it's the team. So you get the moment where it's like, that guy missed the ball when they played the Red Sox. And then he gets to catch it Career when boys. they play the Yankees. Like, Fucking comedy
0: seller comedian. Stand by Greer Barnes plays huh. that dude who's a really good comic. Who people always go, like, why didn't he have a better acting career? And he just has a really good sort of, like, two-scene
1: dramatic yeah. performance in this movie. Um, he was in Joker, wasn't he? He was. He was one of, one of the community. one of the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, have you guys ever seen a perfect game? I've never seen one in person, obviously. No. But I watched um, Roy Holiday's perfect game. I remember that because that was, in, you know, in the postseason. Did David really Cohn cool.
0: pitch a perfect game? Am I- David Cohn did okay. pitch a perfect game I remember in that 1999. Yeah. And the
1: big one for when I was a kid is Jim Abbott pitched a no-hitter. You guys remember Jim Abbott? I was saying this to my wife, and she was like, what are you talking about, you insane person? Does anyone remember Jim no, Abbott? No, Jim Abbott played in the 90s, and he was famous because he only had one hand. And what? So, the, so the fact that he was a professional baseball player was absolutely like this like absurd achievement. And then he pitched a no hitter when I was like eight years old.
2: That's awesome. Uh, it was cool. he,
1: he would wear the glove on his non hand wow. arm to cover. And then, it. Yeah. And then he would like do all this crazy shit for catching where he would like move the glove over and I could show cool. it to you. It's bizarre. <laughs> anyway, um, Thank you for reminding me. The
0: thing I find most fascinating about this movie is that it feels so un like in almost every way but then you think about it and it's a movie about a guy trying his damnedest not to lose his hand and his girlfriend which is (laughs) the ultimate sam raimi
1: movie it is that's true right it's all about the
0: hand and the girlfriend
1: often is his characters lose their hands this is true um and lose the love of their life and never get over it and this guy somehow (laughs) wins but he holds on to the hand and the lady this is the thing though with this movie I, f- and I, I, I feel like is. this is we're going to get into the post-production what they can't decide about like is this a movie for grown-ups or for families yeah because like the baseball movie is basically a movie for families mm-hmm. but the Kevin Costner movie is very much a movie for grown-ups yeah it's not like explicit or raunchy no but it is just about like grown-up shit where it's, it's a like, late guy's kind of Yeah, grow up love thing. Yeah, right. I mean, he's yeah. coming off a message in a bottle
0: which is like Here's Kevin Costner and Robin Wright having a like later in life beach romance. This sort of like he's he's crossed a threshold where it's not even just like handsome adults falling in love. It's like people who have already lived a couple yeah. lives falling in love, how, which is not a thing that kids relate to easily unless you my How old
2: is Kelly Preston at this point?
1: That's a great question. Cuz
2: cuz if she had Jenna Malone when she was 16, mm-hmm. she's probably like, "What, like 30 when they meet?
1: Yeah, so Kelly Preston is, I'm seeing, she's about seven years younger than Kevin Costner. So she would have been like 37 when she shot this okay. movie. Okay. But yeah, I think she's bit playing younger. She is, yeah. 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 Uh, she does get above the post, above the I know. Billing. I know, it, which, especially when you she... see it on the poster, you're surprised. When you see the movie, you're like, well, she is in a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes, yes. But right.
0: he just, Costner feels like, especially at this point in time, a, a, there's a, only a one lister. name. Right. right. Here's, to go back to what we were saying about, like, is Kelly Preston good in this movie or not,
1: right? I can't say that she's good in this movie. I can't either. That would either. be tough.
0: I can't either. But I also think what she's being handed is so difficult because she's not simultaneously good. underwritten and overwritten. She is underwritten as a character, <laughs> and all but of her dialogue is overwritten. Right. It's, it's so on the nose. And you're right. Like, oh, my God. And yeah. I, I just kept on going, like, this is all, like, try hard James L. Brooks Cameron Crowe style. They're yeah. looking for that it, sort of. Is this not America? Scene, right. But also must... the like, are we going to talk about the thing that we're not going to talk about kind of stuff?
1: I how kept... do you like your your dark meat? Do you like it ripped up like in a chef salad or cubed? The that, thing that with the thing. everyone should wear a poster yeah. uh, fucking
0: Oh, and her sign. says like yes. Yes.
1: And then you're like.
2: Which is not an answer to his question. No, you just,
0: all the examples you listed were adjectives and you're not describing yourself. Like everything about that is just a little he bit too over.
2: asked her how she likes to be kissed. She said yes. And then, here's my biggest think, gripe with this movie. The kissing is so bad. Really bad. They just smash their faces together yes. and Costner is like wriggling his head around. Yes. Um, he,
1: um, you know, he has that line in Bull Durham about how he likes like sloppy kisses or whatever. He's a good kisser. Slop it up, Kevin. He likes long, slow, deep, soft, wet kisses the last three Slop days. Slop That's up. his line in, in Bull Durham. I yeah. had to look it up. to get um, the wording I,
0: right. I think they're in this weird zone where like, This feels like it should have been Meg Ryan. I'm not saying Meg Ryan could have pulled it off. But I think the version of this that Kelly Preston could do is a lot more sort of small and emotionally grounded. And when they're trying to make her like Fliberty Gibbet, who has these like sort of winsome like sayings and is like trying to pull her life together. I don't think that placed her strong suits. I kept every time she had one of these like date scenes, I kept thinking about Richard Lawson and Bobby Fingers game they used to play where they would come up with fake James L. Brooks lines. And the best one they ever came Focus up with up. was kind of a
1: person who's a kind of a person. Yeah.
0: Just like a perfect. I'm the kind of a person who's kind of a person. And it just feels like every scene she's got like four of those and they're not done at the level of those guys who, by the way, we covered both of their careers when those guys try to make those movies half the time they fuck it up. Right. But very few people can ever get it at the level that they get it when it's cooking or an Efron or right. any of these people, right? I, I love
1: Kelly Preston in Jerry Maguire, obviously. She's incredible. That's a Maguire. perfect
0: use of Kelly Preston. Addicted to love. Good use of Kelly Preston. Addicted to
1: love. What are some other Kelly Preston movies I like? Hold on. Sure. Uh,
2: what is she she Old plays dogs. a mom in something that I like? And she she probably forgetting. does. That does yeah. sound She like... has
0: a great mom performance in Sky High. Is that, that what, is what I'm thinking of? She's really, She's really funny good in Sky High. high. Fair enough. Okay, But okay. I do think th- it, when she was positioned in movies like this as <laughs> the perfect woman, earnestly, yeah. it often didn't totally click. And when she's in things like Jerry Maguire or Addicted to Love, where she is, quote unquote, the perfect woman that people have to slowly realize is not, she's really good. She's so good in Jerry Maguire. She,
2: but it's, it's a, really it's a like, 20 it's, minute burst. It's so yeah. small, but yes. it really, she is incredible.
1: As you said, Mm -hmm. everyone on set was like, we're making a great movie. Yeah. Uh, there's the very funny, of course, Brian Cox wrote about this in his memoir because...
2: Oh, because he uh, had to go he? on a press tour for nine months <laughs> like, I had talk it was about like, every I was like, celebrity ever. the book ever. even out? I, don't, I, I can't you know, even It know. was no. like it came out in the UK and he was like, I hate Johnny Depp. And then it came mm-hmm. out in America and he had like more <laughs> things God to say. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> like,
1: I just feel like that's always
2: what he's saying. I already
0: made this joke in a different episode, right? That the last chapter of the book is him shaming you for not having read it again.
1: <laughs> <Right>. David Sims, <laughs> yeah. stop quoting from my book! Piece of shit! <laughs> (laughs) Fuck you. So Cox said that Sam Raimi said to him like, uh, you know, you have to be high status in your scene. I know Kevin's a movie star. He might be difficult with that.
0: But you're the high status character.
1: Right. And Cox in writing replies, this was because my character in the scene was higher status than Kevin's and Sam was worried that his real life status would bleed in to influence the scene. Sam having not heard of this thing we call acting. Fuck off. (laughs) This is the whole thing with British actors. It's like American, like, you know, fucking... Jared Leto is hanging from the ceiling. He's like, I'm Morbius. And Brian Cox is like, it's called acting, mate. Look, I'm a vampire now. See, that's how you do it. It's the fucking Olivier thing. Try acting, my boy. Yeah. Apparently, after Cox and Costner did their first scene together, Raimi was like, how would you do so great? Uh, That was perfect. And Cox said, Sam, did you ever consider treating Kevin as an actor rather than as a movie star? Because I think that's what he wants. Uh don't know if that's true, but that's how Brian Cox thinks. I can't.
2: I would believe that hundred percent. I
1: would believe that. Yeah Cox is good in this. I think he is, he's, I you, wish you there was know, more th- of him. I, but it's this is that time when it's just Cox just shows up for a scene or two. This is he's you know I love Ryan his little
2: glasses. Oh, little glasses. Good
1: little glasses, glasses. You know, 25th hour adaptation, right? right? Well, like, like he's two just two years
0: after this, three years after this is the rookie where it's like now he's
1: got the bigger part in that the baseball Quaid? movie. Yeah, and he's yeah. Dennis Quaid's dad. Right. Does he run a bar in that one, too? He's always running bars in movies. He's this always is, like your dad who runs a it's bar. It's the golden age. The golden
0: age is Brian Cox, as dad, you have a difficult relationship with who runs a bar. But he'll is a tell hard truth. Yeah. Right, but he's gregarious to other people. To yes. you,
1: he gives it a little too straight. All right, son, what do you want? Fuck off. <laughs> I'm Hannibal Lecter. The original one, all the way back. Um, I'll eat your face, fuck off. Uh, so as we said, Gavin Costner was given final cut by the studio, but, but the movie had to be under 130 minutes long, which this movie is not. Mm-hmm. No. And it had to be rated PG-13. So when this movie came in mm-hmm. uh, at 138, mm-hmm. the studio was like, okay, we'll accept that. So he cheated on They shouldn't on
2: have. It's he, too long. They,
1: they should not have. This is
0: a thing also that Amy Robinson said, or maybe it was Dan Stevens who said this, that there were two cuts. There was a Raimi cut and there was a Costner cut. And the Raimi cut was tighter And it played like gangbusters. And the Costner cut tested well, but not as well. And the cut that got released was a compromise cut.
1: That's silly, but I understand it. Uh, But but the other issue is the film was rated R by the MPAA because it used the word fuck twice. Mm -hmm. Uh, The bartender says no cussing in my bar. Fuck And Kelly Preston says, I just don't fuck like that after she has sex with Kevin Costner. And I believe she says screw in the the version we see, right? Now, Mm -hmm. can I I
0: share an anecdote?
1: Yes. In draft day, there is a scene in the big
0: final negotiation where he's like trying to pull off the crazy move. And he calls one of the other managers over the phone. You pancake eating motherfucker. That was... I wouldn't say an ad lib, but I was... don't
1: think you can say motherfucker in any circumstances. You can't. In you a can't. PG-13, I think right? they. Even if you have no other fucks. Right. right. Yeah. So that's the thing. The rule is like,
0: it you get one non sexual fuck, fuck, but motherfucker is too much for them. You can't do you can't one motherfucker. Mothers it's an and... R. They knew they wanted a PG 13 movie. They knew the rest of that movie was squeaky clean. It wasn't an ad lib, but it was on the day he was like, I want more impact on this line. Can I say motherfucker? And they kept pushing him to do alt. And he was like, I don't want to do an alt because if I give you the alt, They're going to use it. You're going to use it. I don't want to give you the option. I feel so strongly that this is motherfucker. And this is the moment where everyone like pumps their fists. Right. So he like dug his heels in. I think there were maybe executives on set. He was like being such a politician about it, where he was like working everyone and like holding their hands and looking in the eyes. And he was like, trust me, this is important. This is worth it. The whole movie rests on this. I bring this up as an interesting counterpoint because the movie was submitted to the MPAA. It got an R off of that line, which he demanded they not cut. Lionsgate backed him up. They made an appeal. Uh He personally made the appeal they accepted it. it the movie PG was released as PG
1: thirteen. Right. It is
0: like kind of one of the only times, right? Where
1: he like he just threw sheer Kevin Costner power. Yes. he like, gave
0: his babe. like the the movie Jean.
1: He gave his fucking speech. <laughs> right, he was seven years old.
0: But there are truly so few instances of right. a movie getting re rated without any edits. What I find fascinating is. I now realize how much of that story for him I
1: think this was vindication for this, this fucking thing. Because he literally gave like an interview to Newsweek, like yes. blasting the studio being like they're cowards. But he was mad because Universal didn't even try to fight the rating. That cut, was his thing. They just, he was cut like, a fuck. they just said, we can't even do it.
0: It was two fucks, one non sexual, one sexual. Uh, and he was like, this isn't and about I think you. You could see his
1: butt in a shower scene. Right. But he was like,
0: sorry, they weren't my fucks. It wasn't about ego. I was letting other people score. I thought that was important moment for her character. And that was one of the biggest laughs in the movie when the bartender says it. And then he got into this whole thing about fucking integrity. And he's like, courage what happened to the executives who made these movies
1: and like the love of the movies I believe is waning in Hollywood and it's given over to commercial instincts I mean I love it that he's going this hard for,
4: for two fucks for and his butt right.
1: but I mean I do love it, but it and became, the like, line you mentioned yeah. earlier which is like I'm always going to come down on the side of the movie and the people who pay eight bucks now they pay like 26 I know but he is this guy where that truly
0: is <sighs> I'll, I'll save the story to tell in a moment but <laughs> No, because this is like the best one I have about him. But I do think he is very smart about, in his head, being able to see the flow of a movie and how audiences will react to it and like what small changes really push things one direction or another. And he's like, you can't just break this down into numbers and you have to have the feeling for the fucking thing. And he like really resented that Universal didn't even try and then when he was doing his perfunctory press for the movie, he was he's, talking he's about that like, they gave him. up on it. So then Universal publicly was like, we don't really like that Kevin Costner is holding this asset hostage and dissuading audiences from wanting Kev- to see it. It's not fair for him to
1: hijack a $50 million asset, is what is what they said, yes. And his thing was Our like, feeling is we have backed the filmmaker and his name is Sam Raimi, not Kevin Costner. But motherfuckers, you put in the contract that he gets final cut. I oh, you, that. That you, gets you,
2: final you don't hire Kevin Costner and not know that this is kind of what Absolutely. he's going to do. I mean, especially at this point. To be yeah. fair,
1: they put in the contract that he gets final cut on a movie that's rated PG-13 and right. 130 and minutes long. And their argument, which I think is fair, is they were like, we gave you the flyer on the length. The thing, the crazy thing is they actually offered to pay him $20 million. Right. They, they actually so like oh, upset about no, were like, you know,
0: we're sorry. Right. Because he was saying, like, I waived my fee in order to be able to make the movie I wanted. And now they're not letting me make it. And they're like, fine, we'll pay you $20 million if you stop shit talking our movie
1: and he five days down. before this it comes out. This
2: is such a funny movie to get into right? this kind of fight about. Then you about, see this movie and you're like, this, and you're is, like, this, is, this is, is your know. baby? But then I, it just makes perfect sense that
0: 15 years later on draft day or whatever, he's just like, I will not lose yeah. this argument. You have to trust
1: me. Sam Raimi, diplomatic, said, I miss the lines too. I like the bartender's line. It's a great moment. The MPA wouldn't allow it. I understand Kevin's feelings. It's a very personal film for him. I use home movies of his dad and him in the opening credits. So Sam, you know, which is true. So, you know, you when that
2: starts, I was like, "They got someone who really looks like <laughs> yeah. Kevin Costner."
1: Yep. Yeah, uh, he's got a real Costner, like yeah, he cut got that like everything. JFK yes. haircut. The, the uh,
0: things I was reading about the book said that the book is more like his entire life leading up to this moment, and the relationships a big part of it, but it's also as much about his relationship to his parents,
2: and you can see that. A couple times yeah. when they like flash back to like his parents in the stand and something. Like it, that makes sense that a book would be like also his parents had a lot to do with it. It does
0: make you wish the movie wasn't so squarely focused on just yeah. this one relationship. I'm, like, I'm
2: sure there's other stuff. Because yeah. his relationship
1: with the other ball players is interesting. Yeah, exactly. The scene where he's helping the guy move, oh, that's kind of interesting, their relationship.
2: Yeah. Like I kind of do wish that it was like the whole life that Mm -hmm. if we did like a Citizen Kane yeah sure flash through the whole thing
1: yeah I mean it's tough with aging, I get you know, you don't want Costner playing a 20-year-old in this movie or whatever. But right. you should
2: remake this movie and just use Irishman technology. They
1: he should, should do, do it now. Yeah. Yes, he should do it now. Right. And you do not, the Irishman not, thing. Not being the age of any of this right, <laughs> he should do it all. Right.
0: But you do the Irishman thing where, like, for most of the movie, he's 67 playing 45. Right. And, and then for a couple unnerving 20. scenes. And he's he's
2: 23. Right. <laughs> it's um, sort of like, oh kicking.
1: Sam Raimi says, I'm very happy with the film. It's a very real story about someone who grows as a person and becomes worthy of a woman's love. Okay, Sam. Uh, The
0: other thing I like that Raimi said there is the thing of like, I had no tension with the studio because we were both trying to make the same movie. I wanted to make a like feel good, populist, emotional baseball film for American families. I didn't have some darker thing that they were like that I was pushing on it.
1: Kevin Costner's a real motherfucker in a good way, mostly. But these quotes, I mean, like he really goes off. I mean, I can't read them all aloud. It's just, but it's just a lot of he, he, he really believes in this shit, even if it's a movie like you know that's sort of like a a, a Gentleman Six at best or whatever.
0: He was at such an absurd level of movie stardom.
1: He had a run
0: that is just so insane. When you look at him from like eighty-five to ninety-four, whatever, it's just like. Unbelievable the amount of classics he made and movies that were not just huge, critically beloved hits at the time, but have all aged into like cable TV rotation Hall of Fame, right? Yeah. And then you put Dances with Wolves at the exact midpoint of that golden run. And it's the moment where everyone was like, this guy's getting too fucking big for his britches. He's going insane. He's making this self indulgent piece of shit. Who wants to watch this three hour Western? Everyone in the press is calling it Kevin's Gate. And then it is the most triumphant shit in the world. And I do think that emboldens a guy like this where he was just like, everyone fucking questioned all of my instincts and I stuck to my guns and I could not have been any more right. Where he does, I think, every time he's in a position like this and he has an instinct go like, I know I'm correct about this and I don't care who I upset in trying to get there.
1: No, he was never people's sexiest man alive. Kind of absurd.
2: That's shocking.
1: To I feel me. like that's messed up. Yeah. Like, they really had to give it to Harry Hamlin in 87? Yeah. Come on, people. Because there
2: was a period where he was one of the sexiest men alive.
1: Yeah, That's and true. You
0: also feel like he's the guy they would have created that title for. Like, right. it would be called People Magazine's Kevin Costner of the Year or still today.
1: Can you guys tell me who the last sexiest man alive was?
0: Uh, oh. Paul Rudd.
2: Paul Rudd. Oh right,
0: Ghostbusters Afterlife. Because
2: because yeah, it was Afterlife, it's and then also that punishing. show where he's twins. Maybe. Oh yeah. Oh, or no no, the, Shrink Next shrink Door. It was Shrink, shrink next, next
1: Door, door. Yeah. right? It was Ruffalo who was twins.
2: Yes. <laughs> no, but Rudd also did a
0: twin show that no one remembers. Oh he right, did the cloning
1: show. What cloning show? He did a cloning did show. A... You're pointing at Olivia like she. Did no, it.
2: I no, knew. I knew. knew that he had a clone show. He oh. did a Dayton Ferris cloning show. It was like a Netflix.
1: Yes. Living with yourself. Yes. Yeah. Some weird
0: shit I watched, streaming television, man. I watched <laughs> all of it in one night. You watched
2: all of it? I'm
0: a big Rudd stan. I love Rudd. And I watch it, and I think on a like technical level, the thing that all these actors love to do where they act against themselves or right, whatever, right. he does that incredibly well, but it is one of the most peak TV shows I've ever seen where I'm like, this is a movie. This is a movie, and I'm now watching hour eight of this, Right, and you're trying to find subplots that do not need to be there. This thing should be over, and the season kind of ends on a cliffhanger. They will never do another season of that. If that was a movie, I would give it an eight. As a series, I give it a two. Well, Do you
2: guys think this movie could be a TV show? Sure,
0: why not? Give me a baseball. I'm just TV thinking. Show. I'm just all thinking. All the one like, game for however yeah. many seasons they want to. go. Because I was
2: just <laughs> thinking, like, like Eating this two movie specifically, yeah. is never. This getting movie getting doesn't even work on streaming as no. a movie. No, like, this does not baseball, get made. Baseball.
1: I feel like they've tried. Obviously, there's been various baseball TV shows. It yeah. does seem fit. Good for movies. It's
2: great for movies. I know
1: it's a little less kinetic, so you, you know it's probably easier to you know do all of the sports stuff on a big screen. Well, it's it nice screen. on a big screen, but you know what else is nice on a big screen? Everything. Yeah, movies. It's true. nice to see things on big screens. Yeah. don't you think? I love it.
3: Okay, good. my pitch would be to make a, a baseball movie about the guy who almost yeah did a no no on LSD. Oh sure. Oh mm-hmm. Doc, what's his name? Doc. Doc Ellis,
1: yeah, Ellis. There you go. Yes, that's an incredible story. Yeah, yeah.
0: Have you seen the documentary that's like largely animated? Yes, about yes. So which is cool. So David,
1: David Wells pitched a perfect game in '98, I think, and uh, for the Yankees, and said he was he had like a five alarm hangover during the entire thing. He'd been partying with Seth Meyers, Bill Hader. No, not Bill Hader, but like Lorne. He'd been partying with SNL people or something.
0: I, I don't want to jinx it, but now that we're talking about it again.
2: We still haven't
0: fucked up this entire episode. We like actually all, like haven't met. All the jokes have been good and like great insights. I and haven't taken any notes. Like you, no notes. That's true. Yeah, I haven't. You clean.
2: So it. I'm look, I'm sitting next to Ben. It's a blank <laughs> legal pad. Clear the machine.
3: If we're wrapping up, I mean, really, we quick, are We up. should probably thank some of the sponsors for the episode. Um, boys na- noise canceling headphones. Are you tired of listening to boys? <laughs> Got some out. Too much noise from your sure. boys. Yeah. yeah, I got it. Okay, great. A T or T? You have to pick now. <laughs> hey, you prob you have a problem with lunch. You're starving. Food jar put in your mouth. No chefs were involved. God, I forgot how many ads we crammed into yeah, this yeah. episode. Uh, okay, a new Food service. Jar. Cod Pass. Ding
0: dong. Oh yes,
3: yeah, sorry. Ding dong.
1: Uh, hey, Who can plant
0: the- a rosebud?
1: <laughs> 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 All right. Um, what's the Riley model? Just throw. Right when when Riley gets, hits the mound, he's like, just throw it. Don't worry. about it. I mean, it's it. it's now like
0: it's a line about a line about a line. But the fucking moment in Moneyball when Jonah Hill plays the tape to Brad Pitt of the guy not realizing that he hit a home run, ah. and he says whatever. Like it's hard. How how can you not get romantic about baseball? Every time there's one of those lines in this movie where it's like just pitch, I'm like, how can you not get romantic about baseball?
1: I love it. I love anytime he's talking to himself. I yeah. love him talking to Riley. Yeah. I don't really know why he sends the baseball to Brian Cox with four love of the game written on it. He oh, says,
2: Tell him I'm through. I know
1: he's, right. he's I know he's he's saying I'm retiring, which is makes sense. I right? do
2: think the moment where his trainer like looks at the ball and then looks back is kind of nice. Like yeah, I think it's nice. just like a nice I like the
0: shot of the ball. Yeah. yeah. Does he write a ball for the nephew as well?
2: No, he sends it to the nephew. And then I think the nephew looks at it and is like, this is not for me. (laughs) Like, hands it to Brian Cox. Brian Cox,
1: who, of course, plays Gary Wheeler. Wait
0: a second. Wait a second. What? I cannot believe it took me this long to say the most important thing that needs to be said. What? Am I wrong? The crack of the bat. The crack of the bat. Am I wrong that the gummo kid is in this movie? The, gum, the kid from Gummo
1: is in this movie? The,
0: the kid from Gummo in the bathtub with the bacon tape to the wall. Yo, oh, I mean, I know me. who you're talking about, who? but he's in this movie? I think he's in this is movie for like ne- three shots. Who is he? Because, yeah, I mean, he was just a creepy
1: looking yes.
3: kid. Oh, Jacob oh Reynolds.
0: Fuck.
1: I almost missed it. He's in For the Love of the Game briefly.
0: As
2: who? I don't. He's like in
0: the locker room at the beginning when Kevin Costner is talking to... Uh, Grewer Barnes. They he caught looks like a, a little
3: rat. He's,
1: he's like a head. long head. <laughs> yeah, he's like a bat like He's credited something. as huh. Wheeler's nephew. Oh, he's nephew. the nephew. He's okay. the nephew. And he, right, and he, he, he
0: delivers him. the ball to
1: Cox. Yeah, that's him. Wow. This is the perfect <laughs> episode. <laughs> Fuck. Well, any other uh, big scenes we need to talk about? Cutting his hand.
0: A little Jenna Malone. I want to just do a little, a little talk about the Jenna Malone career.
2: Right. Yes. Well, before we jump in, young did you guys do you guys know why Jenna Malone was in the news recently?
1: No. Oh, yes. She, she yeah. was she, part of or witnessed a citizen's
2: arrest. Yes, she like seemed. spearheaded a citizen's You're arrest right. of a man who was kicking a dog. <laughs> <laughs> and I she just, just saw was some like sort talking of
1: montage on. Yeah, she was just talking
2: about it on the news, and it was she wasn't with the Chiron wasn't like Jenna Malone actress. It was just like woman. Like? I
0: sent this to Ben yesterday before I had started watching this movie. And I don't think I knew Jenna Malone was even in this movie. But I sent it to Ben and Ben's girlfriend right away because the headline I saw was Jenna Malone hits a reverse Paw Patrol, performs <laughs> citizen arrest right, ben, to rescue a dog.
1: Famously now, cried at paw Do you patrol? know
0: this story, Olivia? No. Ben was on a plane with his girlfriend.
2: Uh-huh.
0: His girlfriend looks over, sees Ben. Sobbing uncontrollably, <laughs> like something horrible <laughs> has just happened, mm-hmm. and goes, "What's wrong?" And Ben points forward. The plane is on the runway. It has not taken off yet. Okay. Ben is peeping as he's wanted to, do. sure, between the crack in the seats in front of him. There was a little boy who is watching the Paw Patrol movie. Ben is overseeing this uh-huh. without headphones, no audio, and he just witnesses the visuals. And Ben is truly tearing up as I'm explaining this. I- yeah. The opening, so the cold <laughs> open of the Paw Patrol movie is there was a turtle trying to cross a bridge and a man notices the turtle and swerves out of the way so as not to hit the turtle. And he almost falls off the bridge and the Paw Patrol has to save him. And Ben could not process.
2: That is so sweet. <laughs> I was going to say.
0: Red in I, the face. He truly, he's truly choked up right now. I thought yeah, I, you would
2: have been in the air when you started crying. No,
0: no, no. No, they were like, that's hey, what we're, usually I we're still sobbing. taxiing, we're waiting, and Ben's, like, sobbing, watching. It gets me. It yeah. just gets me.
3: He a, he's a good guy, and they save him.
0: <laughs> <You know? laughs> he was doing a good
2: deed. He, yeah. liked that he
0: Ben liked that he did a good deed, and he liked that the PAW Patrol recognized the deed and did a good deed to help him, and Jenna Malone is the real life.
2: It's the real life PAW Patrol. Yeah.
0: yeah. Though they did kind of beat that guy a little bit too <laughs> much. It
3: really, like they are really, they on really like, like, they
4: kind of
2: there's like a, him a there's little like too much. a construction worker in that video like beating the man with a pole. Like it's really I crazy. But Jenna Malone saved the day.
0: She has this run. The, this is the peak of it where she is Hollywood's preeminent a little bit rebellious daughter. Right. She's just a little bit rebellious.
1: The so, stepmom. Stepmom. Before that, game. of course, she is in contact. Yes. Um, because, right. It's little Jody, where she's step- Yeah. Stepmona is the year before this. Uh, and then she was in Cheaters. Uh-huh. Uh, with, uh, where she um, cheated in right.
0: a decathlon. Well, this is the transition. Then she becomes Hollywood's preeminent, or maybe Indiewood's preeminent, understanding girlfriend to a dark teen boy. So, so
1: Donnie Darko, Life as a House. Uh, Dangerous Life of Alter Boys uh-huh. is a big one. Uh, United States of Leland, remember that? Baby All these dark gossling. boys.
0: She gets them. No
1: one else does. Saved. She's kind of the leader. That's save. her. And yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. finally, she is the thing. I remember yeah. her in Cold Mountain where she's like, I'm one of the people in Cold Mountain. You know, like because you know, like, that whole movie is <laughs> yeah. like Jude Law's like, what's your deal? It's like, well, I'm Philip Seymour Hoffman yeah. and I'm in Cold Mountain. Yeah. And I'm and in this go over here,
0: you know? <laughs> I'm Natalie Portman and I'm in Cold Mountain.
1: Well, she's really good in that scene. They're that was kind of a, uh, whoa. Yeah, I yeah, just
0: yeah. think it was a weird choice that every time an Everyone established actor it. has
1: yeah. to introduce themselves by saying, I am blank name and I'm in Cold Mountain. My
2: actual like legal name. I'm in Cold Mountain.
1: Um, yeah, Ballad of Jack and Rose is... She's kind of the. What is she in that? No, she's not a big part in that. I'm no. trying to remember. She's,
2: she kind of blows up on the internet when she's in The Hunger Games.
1: Oh, right. She is a big she's fan, really fan has favorite. Fire. She's Johanna. Yeah. She's
2: a big fan favorite from that movie. She and she's, is. Like, she's
1: really good in Enhanced she, Vice. She's never left us. No, she's, no. Really, it's it's always she's been like, like really been
2: working for yeah, like that's the 30 thing. It's years. It's always felt
1: like it's Jenna's time, you know... Concluding, I just think it's funny that she had like such she and, a type. and Rachel Wood though, were, were yes. really in similar right. spaces. Right. Like, she
0: had such a type, and then she transitioned to a new, very specific type, and then her career's never waned, but she just does a lot of shit
2: now. Yeah, Wasn't it feels like a... maybe she could have been Kristen Stewart
1: yeah, at exactly. one point. That's the thing. Yes. yes, she never quite got to superstar. Or right. whatever. She's a neon demon, neon as demon, well, demon she's good, neon good in, in. what? Uh, no, 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 I was agreeing with you. She's bad or. She's a lot in Pride and Prejudice. She's sort of weird casting in that movie. Oh, she's right. really like. She's American.
0: Like, not, <laughs> right.
1: not to you know, call the Ra- cops on. I mean, her
0: what? Or it's it's Pike, Mulligan, Malone, yeah. Knightley is a bizarre
1: grouping. Is
2: she the one who's she's like, the I'm 27 one. years old and is I have she... no prospects? Is no, that that that's Ross Okay, Pike. great.
1: Um, no, she's the littlest one who gets in trouble and marries someone she shouldn't um but uh but she so she's lydia but she's the
0: wild she's really good and
1: in... i don't really remember her in that she's the sister
0: oh that's no i do remember her she is, she good, is that, good she's really yeah, fucking good that
1: scene is really wrenching at the start the messenger
0: she's like exceptional in yeah
1: that's sort of a forgotten movie. Oh,
2: I forgot I saw that movie. movie. That movie's really yeah. upsetting. Right, like
0: very like, sad. <laughs> she's in sucker punch, then she gets
1: Well, is oh, she true. one of the girlies in sucker punch. I think being in sucker punch actually is a That is a actually full a career curse. curse. Yes. Yeah. Um, Cuz Jenna Malone, Emily Browning, Abby Cornish and Vanessa Hudgens are the so You know what? Yes. All this bad
0: too? That was like coming off of 300. He got the five hottest <laughs> actresses in Hollywood to all commit to that movie and that film was announced as like Emma Stone, Evan Rachel Wood, like it was like the five biggest in that age group and then one by one all of them dropped out and the people who replaced them all of them had like the setback of that it's
1: movie. A tough career. I
2: watched that movie a bunch in high school cuz my friends and I would just get really stoned and watch sucker punch. That <laughs>
1: is certainly um, And that is the, the only the
2: only way to watch it is being like 16 years old pretty high. I
0: resented the fact that when the movie came out, I was no longer 16. That I, like, the window had closed. It's
2: like that version of Sweet Dreams starts playing and you're like, this is kind of cool.
1: You know who is a snack? Who is an old school Cracker Jack in in Sucker Punch? John Hamm? Hmm. No, although he is (laughs) obviously snackable. No, Oscar Isaac.
2: Oh, Oh,
0: yeah. Okay, so it was originally Amanda Seyfried, Evan Rachel Wood, Emma Stone, and then the two people who stayed involved were Abby Cornish and Vanessa Hudgens. That's yeah, tough. But the three big that ones all bad that movie it, is like bad.
2: really kind of reprehensible. Yes, it, <laughs> so it, it is. And <laughs> it's
1: one of the reasons I am very skeptical of the sort of like next night or oh, he ain't so bad. I'm like, I don't know, man. Sucker punch is a pretty tough watch. Yeah. Um, anyway. And now everyone's gonna be mad at me, probably. Jem Malone. But do do you remember Jem Malone was announced in Batman versus
0: Superman? Everyone's like, she's playing Carrie Kelly. She's playing Robin. They're gonna do the coolest Robin. It's gonna be Carrie Kelly. Because she cut her hair short and she did the red hair. And everyone's like, she's fucking Carrie Kelly. And then she was not in the movie. And she's in the extended cut, and I feel like it's a scene where like Lois Lane goes to research something, and she's like the woman at the desk who checks the thing on the computer.
1: Uh, correct. She was not playing, uh, you know, Batgirl no. or Robin or no. anything like that. She was playing someone called Janet Kleiber. Oh,
2: of course, my favorite uh, character.
1: Yes, for the love of the game opened mm. on September seventeenth, nineteen ninety-nine. It opened September. Yeah, it's huh. a
0: fall. It's a fall. Film. No, I a just fall movie. part of me thought it like they were positioning this for like fucking Thanksgiving or Christmas.
1: Well, maybe if they hadn't had like a war with Kevin Costner, they would have. I don't know. Yeah, it opened number two. Mm-hmm. It made thirteen million. It grossed thirty-five domestic, forty-six worldwide. My brother the movie loved cost it. More cried. than that. Yeah, uh, it wasn't that well reviewed. Um, Can you
0: read the Ebert review? Because it's a real fucking body blow.
1: You know those quizzes they run in women's magazines about testing your relationship? For Love of the Game is about the kinds of people who give the wrong answers. It's the most lugubrious and sloppy love story in many a moon, a step backwards for Sam Raimi after a simple plan in another movie in which Kevin Costner plays a character who has all the right window dressing but is neither juicy nor interesting. Jesus.
0: One and a half stars folded them like long That's...
1: Hammer blows. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, this movie <laughs> got He got rarely goes that hard. But though. people were sick of Costner because really of the, you know, the, the yeah. fall was still in effect. Yes. Right? Like, so everyone was sick of how... You know, self-involved he seemed. I do or think
0: there was that thing too. When you read the reviews of this, where people are like, "He doesn't do anything. Everything he says is like a whisper." Right? He's How so is this stoic. a good
1: actor? I don't see him. Right? Remoting. He
0: gets yeah. a Razzie nomination for this, which that like, is really this is kind of not his crazy best performance. Me, but that's absurd.
2: Yeah, because it's like the best parts of this movie are when he's like on the mound talking. To are himself. just Kevin Costner? He's just like Kevin, Kevin Costner being Kevin Costner. Right?
0: That's like, like the magic of this. film. Yeah,
1: but Kevin Costner is like a three-time Razzie winner, seven-time nominee. They just like going after him. The nominees at the Razzie's that year. It's... Okay. So Kevin Costner gets a split nom for this end message in a bottle. Kevin Kline for Wild Wild West. Okay. Sure. He's good in that. Yeah, Good is strong. (laughs) Arnold Schwarzenegger (laughs) in End of Days. I think he's fine in that. Uh, These are uh, all
2: just kind of... The Razzie's are... They the suck. worst. Yeah.
1: Robin Williams and Bicentennial Man. All right. <laughs> Correct. <fine. laughs> no no Correct. problems there. And then Sandler winning for Big Daddy. They hated him. They did. That's they lo- weird. They, but that's though. stupid. The Razzies <laughs> yeah. would love anytime they there was Bruce Willis. Obviously, they recently had this whole thing right. with Bruce Willis, But the year before they gave Bruce Willis worst actor for Armageddon. Like he's Instant. great at Armageddon. Yeah. Like that's they,
0: just stupid. They love anytime there's a new star they can pile on, and then they can like fucking attack them for years in a row um what's your thing i was gonna say uh we the root. razzies they, they fucking saw you better start it. yeah we razz the razzies that's what we do here um i th- because this came up i feel like in the simple plan episode i was noticing just because this is the peak moment uh jenna malone i was like did this movie get any nominations right and the one i found did she
2: get a kid's choice award
0: it's weirder <laughs> it is weirder um She, Jen Malone, received, let me just get the wording of this correct, a Blockbuster Entertainment Award nomination for Favorite Supporting Actress Drama Slash Romance. Yes. I bring this up because in Simple Plan, Becky Ann Baker got a a Blockbuster Entertainment Award nomination for Favorite Supporting Actress in Drama Slash Thriller for Taking
1: a Shotgun (laughs) Glass.
0: She she takes takes it
2: incredibly well. Incredibly well. (laughs)
1: But the, some
0: of these categories and nominations are uh, the blockbuster
1: entertainment awards. Not to speak ill of them, sure had a lot of categories because they they had like action, yes. comedy, comedy romance, drama, drama right. romance, horror, right? Like they had like all they these had to weird amounts. S- so, it wasn't that hard to get? Liam no. Neeson was nominated for the Haunting that year, right? Okay. Uh, I'm trying to give you some others. I was looking at night. some Down recent the, winners. Well, the fucking book, they're done. They, they ended in 9-11. They couldn't oh, get over 9-11, oh, they, truly. But, they were yeah. like,
0: out of respect to the climate, people are renting less videos, we will not be doing a ceremony in the wake of 9-11, and they never started it up again. Huh. There's, a, there's an insane, sort of very portentous quote I read about, like, the landscape has changed. People are not bringing home video cassettes in the wake of the terrifying tragedy. Um... But uh, the thing I read was that the first year because their whole thing was like, we want to be the Oscars for the stars that people love who are never going to win an Oscar like Schwarzenegger, Stallone, like all these actors. I'm sure I'm reading this and are like, thanks, you're well, telling me.
2: Doesn't I... have an Oscar?
0: No, no. Oh, okay. Nomination. No, never mind. Um, but uh, the first year they had separate categories for theatrical releases, and home video releases. But the home video release nominations weren't for direct-to-video movies. They were movies that had recently been released on video. And they were like, it was this clusterfuck where they have like 18 categories for each genre and then doubled- Into both theatrical and home video. And it was like Sandra Bullock won best actress. So did you Speed get it like two years twice. in a row? No, she oh, just same like in the this- year. If the release got so they were like, she won Best Theatrical Movie Actress. And she was like, Thank you. And she sits down and they're like, and the nominees for Best Actress in a home video thriller. And she was like, I have to fucking get up there again. I just think this is such a weird fucking thing. We want to have the entertainers who are truly public favorites like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, John I'm going to cut you off. you got to stop. It's the last thing. Can I read right. one final thing? Okay, okay. This is what they said in November 2001. Due to the uncertainty of the times, we can't predict consumer response to our show nor audience behavior, especially media viewing habits. All of which are being affected by world events. I'm gonna
2: say that's a little convenient. That's kind of like a, they got an exit. Wait, I have one thing to say about Jenna Malone in this movie. Please. Which is that this is just kind of a plot thing, but when she's at USC and she sees him just like eating at a cafe and her friends are like, Heather, Heather, she doesn't really, she's not like, that's my old stepdad. She's just like, hold on, I gotta talk to this old man. Yeah. And then he kisses her on the forehead. Do you think she explained what was going on? I would be so freaked out if I saw my friend. There's also the weird
0: scene on the team's private jet where the other players are holding up. I didn't get what that was. They're just guessing how old she
2: is? Is that what it is? That's what I thought it might be. And I was like, there's no way it's something that disgusting. Right. I don't know. I I didn't like that one. I didn't like that moment.
1: Look, I mean, there's little tinges of uh, impropriety to this movie, even though it's an autumnal baseball movie about a yeah. man. There's that part to be where he's up. like
2: kicking the flashlight, but he's like down That's under the po- sheets. Right, she goes, "What are you?" She's doing like, "What down are you there? doing down he's there?" And it's like, and like and "Well, okay, if Kevin Costner is down there, you should just say thank you." But he's absolutely. getting the flashlight, and then right, he's he, like, "It's a vibrator," and
0: he's like, "No, uh, now I understand why there's so many." Oh, he said. She goes, like, you found my flashlight. And he goes, oh, it works as a flashlight, too? Yeah. And then he says, like, now I know where there's so many batteries down there. And it's like, you're making jokes about her fucking your flashlight. And also, you're not going to go down on her? Yeah, it's like, that that whole
2: scene is, like, really weird.
0: Really strange. Uh,
3: I wanted to ask Olivia what you thought of the title of her column.
2: What? Oh, it's called, like, Sense and Sensibilities. Sense and Sensibilities. (laughs) I'm like, what
3: journalist and what like what are okay. you about yeah. this, is a, what are you this is
2: a classic about? like you could live like that on a column in a magazine yes. in the 90s oh, yeah. but just like making, the apartment like, is beautiful you're making
1: 200 grand yeah Expense i think we're card, supposed no to think checking you know just co- every column night. with
2: her
0: face next to it yeah her she face is in the column each article she on has, a different notepad yeah she has
2: a notepad just for lip gloss right. i was like that's crazy she goes, She's like I'm,
0: I'm working on four pieces the only they way i can get visually show this is they each get a separate notebook and then i have one notebook just for grocery list wow it's such a weird it was one of those
2: things where it's like do you know what have you met a journalist yes like three you, notebooks. that's where it
0: feels like this character is out of a meg ryan rom-com yeah yes. where we don't have to worry about realism
2: no meg ryan would be really good in this movie i also think holly hunter might be good
1: Either Holly one would Con- be good. Yeah. Holly Hunter would, yeah, that she's overqualified. She'd yeah. be incredible. Yeah. I right. said Helen Hunt. Maybe that's rude.
0: No, Helen Hunt would be good too. I think it, it's not to be rude to Kelly Preston, but I, it's not her fault, but she is probably the wrong casting choice for this movie in this time.
2: Like, I can really imagine Meg Ryan, again, when they meet, just being like, I don't need your help. I don't need your help. Like, leave that's me alone. I'm fine. As
0: written, Meg Ryan could probably, through sheer movie star charisma and how honed her persona was at this point in time, made this work. Or you want it to be someone like uh, Holly Hunter or Helen Hunt, and they rewrite it a little
1: bit to suit them better. The film opened number two. It's up against a comedy, that that a a new comedy that beats it. September 2000. It's the box office game. September 1999. Correct. It's a Um, new comedy. It's a comedy, an action comedy, starring a comic actor. It's an action
0: comedy starring a comic actor. Yes, in 1999.
1: Griff, you got this. It's one guy. It's not a team up movie. It's one guy.
0: You
3: got this. One guy played cops
1: in other movies. Is it Eddie Murphy? No, but you're on the right track.
0: Hmm. Is it's? Uh, oh,
3: oh, oh, it is oh! Is it Blue black streak?
1: comedian. It's Blue Streak.
0: Martin is, Lawrence
2: oh. in
1: Blue Streak. I'm going
0: to try to pitch a perfect box office game. Um, no false guesses.
1: From Les Mayfield, of course, the director yes. of Encino Man, right. Miracle on 34th Street, and Flubber. Uh, a Perfect career. <laughs> um, he
0: retired, much like Chapel, Billy Chappell. Well, he
1: retired after Codename the Cleaner. That seems That's to be a one perfect that retired. For
0: love of the game. Um, he sent the ball
1: to Brian Cox. I've cinema. never seen Blue Streak. I haven't either. Which is funny because I feel like I would have seen it. Yeah, and I'm so
0: in on that era of Luke Wilson, too.
1: Famously, it's... Yes, Luke Wilson is the second lead in that. Dave Chappelle is in it. Uh, Famously, there was a script written for it, a sequel, that they then turned into the Chris Rock, Anthony Hopkins, buddy cop comedy, Bad Company. But
0: they made a really interesting choice when they turned it into that movie, which is they took out all of the jokes. No jokes.
1: (laughs) Zero jokes. jokes. Uh, I just cannot... I would love to know like what we one, well maybe we'll do Joel Schumacher can I say this day. so
0: quickly yes I Blue feel Street. like you've said it before go Blue Streak is he is a criminal yes. he's like stealing jewels or something he, he, he hides a- it in an abandoned building before he gets arrested so that when he gets out of jail he can go back in there and retrieve the jewels and when he was in prison they turned it into a police precinct so the only way so to get access to, to the cop? jewels is to pretend to be a cop
2: that's fun and I
0: think by the end of the movie he proves himself and becomes a real cop so the question sure. is for the second movie how can you fish out of water him again so the premise is
1: CIA or something. he has yes. a
0: identical twin who you've never heard of before who was a CIA agent and they come to what, him. And Chris go, Rock's twin is dead and he has he to he got pretend. killed on the job. You right. need to take over his mission. So you heighten it to CIA and then it, right in bad company it is Chris Rock playing a serious CIA guy who died and now has to fill in for and his. And
1: he's brother. like, "What are you talking about? I don't CIA. I." I don't know. Whatever. He, he maybe he has one joke in that movie. And Anthony Hopkins is like, we must be serious now. Come on now. What are we talking about? Here? Can this I cash international on set. Can you make it out to cash? Now that I want to know, because Hopkins was at the Oscars and he even had a little comment.
0: Uh, he, he said, what more is there to say that Will Smith didn't already, hasn't already? And like, you is he? Up, he should
1: have gone door. up there and said, "Like, I worked with Chris Rock on Bad Company. I consider Chris Rock a good man, and it's one I of our resent." Do
2: you <laughs> think he even remembers that's that what, that movie happened? Question. I, I sat him wonder, down and I'm like, "Come like, on,
1: Tony, you remember this?"
2: Do actors just kind of forget the bad ones? I mean, like yes.
1: Anthony Hopkins has made a few bad ones. Yeah, right. He's got some memory holing he could yeah. do. <laughs> right. All right. Okay. Blue Streak number two is for the love of the game. Number three is the biggest hit of the summer. Mm-hmm. We Number discuss three it on this podcast. is Armageddon, no, the biggest hit of the actor.
0: summer. It is uh, Sixth Sense still holding strong. Because it was, it was later in the summer. God, Late August. It.
1: it was an August film. Yeah.
0: The biggest hit of the summer was Phantom Menace, David.
1: But that was... Well, that's May. I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah. But no. come on. The Sixth Sense. Yes. Humongous. The story of the season. Yes. Number four is a horror film mm. starring a female actress... Okay, I'm going to female actress. I'm going to try to go for I'm going to try
0: to go for I'm trying to pitch a Perry box office game. I'm going to see if I can do this without any further hints.
1: I'll tell you one more further hint. It's a very very useless. It was number 1 the week before. It's yep. fallen okay. far.
0: Okay, I wish you hadn't given that to me because I feel more confident that I have it now.
1: So It's the movie Stigmata. Yes. Pitching a perfect game. Now can you tell me who directed Stigmata?
0: <sighs> I can't, but that doesn't count. I know. Well, it, isn't it The Devil? <laughs> who directed it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Satan himself.
3: Uh, Rup- you guys Rup-
2: should do the devil on this. You should do a devil miniseries. We'll do a Patreon. So that's a
3: fucking genius we should, idea. Yeah, Just actually. pick like truly Demon evil movies. Truly movies. Evil <laughs> <laughs> movies. Yeah. Uh,
1: it's Rupert Wainwright, of course, who oh, eventually weird. would go on to make The Fog. Yeah. Uh, remake.
0: Yeah, one of the most boring movies ever me. Quite boring, yes. Uh so I feel boring. like
3: a Ch- Chevy Chase would be in one of those movies. Yeah, in like karate the dog. Directed, that, by the devil?
2: directed by the devil. Yeah. I think, yeah. Like the Lone Ranger, the new one. Yeah. Is I was closed. Yeah, that's
1: become one, one of the, the most things. cursed things. Right. With with the multiple cursed people in the main. We're
2: not gonna
0: look, we're not gonna harp on this, but it really that movie becomes more cursed with every year. Every and it
2: really passing puts day. A, a Sucker punch and could and be in a devil, devil miniseries. Mm,
1: yeah. Yeah. Number five of the Box Office is also a horror film. Okay. An underrated one in my opinion.
0: I'm gonna take the swing again. Is it Stir of Echoes? That's right. Oh, wow. the perfect box office because game. You, no you, wrong guesses. He has done it. Griffin. Has perfect game.
1: Because you remembered, of course, that Stir of Echoes is very similar to Sixth Sense. Yes. And, you know, kind it, of got it its own lunch. And
0: time. I also, I was like, David says it's underrated. because there must his, be some bacon on that dish. Bacon.
1: <laughs> yeah. Stir of Echoes. Good movie. Also in the top 10, Runaway Bride. Mm-hmm. Still hanging in there from July. Yeah, and it's eighth week. Cute. Huge Another
2: um, Art Imitates Life movie.
1: That's yeah. true. Ju- Julia One of the great it. stories that, it, Julia Roberts that Julia Roberts I love it. That all, I mean, Kiefer something. Kiefer Lover Sutherland Lover. Lover. Yeah.
2: Yeah. For Jason Patrick?
1: It is for Jason Patrick, right? Yeah, yeah. Kiefer's yes. best friend. For love of the Patrick. For the love of the Patrick. Sorry, um,
0: for love of the Patrick for love of the Patrick yeah no and then they did a play together recently they've like now mended the relationship I think yeah Julie I mean, Robertson Kiefer Sutherland no Kiefer Sutherland and Jason Patrick did uh, the winning season the play written by Jason Patrick's dad yeah of course Good and people play. were like so things are cool between you and they're like the it champions. got cool when we started re- uh, rehearsing we <laughs> hadn't talked for 20 years now we drink whiskey and talk about that
1: uh, that's, that's really, yeah. No, it's, um, yeah. The championship um, season, sorry. You've also, yes, right. Uh, Thomas Crown Affair, a classic. Mm-hmm. Good movie. so mm-hmm. great movie. Bowfinger, a classic. Oh, a classic. I love that movie. Murphy and Martin, threw yeah. it on recently. Darker than I remember. It's yeah.
2: really dark. Yes. The whole thing Good. with, like, the, the science, big Scientology Center.
0: Yeah. And the flashing, we were talking about the flashing the other day, but yeah. you just can't. uh Steve Martin's, original draft of this movie and I think maybe they shot it this way was at the premiere a terrorist comes in and blows up the entire theater and the studio was like (laughs) what are you talking about? He's
1: like I don't know I just hate this whole fucking industry. (laughs) These
0: people should all die. And And that's
1: the thing about Poe Finger. It's really acidic. It's also so goofy. like, And it's a weird mix. It's
2: so silly and then it's also like really everyone in basically everyone in is the, a everyone in the movie is like an asshole right. yeah. they
0: were like we will let you do this as long as the ending is happy so they reshot and added the karate movie thing at the end which is good right and i just, remember
1: that killing in the oh, theater absolutely. people were just like yes it was like a good call
2: I mean, Eddie uh, yeah. Murphy running across the freeway is literally one of the funniest things. I think this about it so ever good.
0: nonstop, and I also think it is a stunning piece of film. <laughs> it like is you watch rid- it, and you just cannot
2: believe, and you are like, he is going to die. Right, I am going to watch this man like hit by a
0: car. <laughs> special effects. It's like perfectly filmed. It is somehow both funny and thrilling. It's a great one. Murphy should have won the a fucking Oscar for that. He's, he's good, so good in both at, roles. He's, he's so good in both, both roles. They should have given him best. My favorite the thing fucking Kevin Spacey the year. They is, should uh, have given it to Murphy. He has
1: people trying on clothes for him, and he's like, do the thing. And the, the people hold up the, the face, the yes. cardboard face <laughs> of Eddie Murphy.
0: <laughs> shake a spear. Shake a spear. You already said shake a spear.
1: Yes. Uh, number nine. The 13th Warrior. Oh, Antonio Banderas, cannibal, medieval oh. drama. Number 10, Mickey Blue Eyes. Okay. Uh-oh. Hugh Grant's gotten himself in a situation. Oh, situation. No, this guy. Uh, I saw that in theaters. Don't remember it. Yeah. Um, remember it being bad. Mm. Number 11. This is the most interesting. Opening this week mm. on 16 screens to $53,000 per beauty. screen. American Beauty. Yeah. Wow. The world was about to change. The world was oh, about to change. For- it- a movie that... Better or worse. It, it, talking yeah, about unclear. demon movies. The yeah. movie that starts with Kevin uh, Spacey jerking off in a shower. Yeah. And being like, fuck you. <laughs> uh, there is no crime in art. You've also got... Uh, let me be frank. Uh, you've also got uh, he uh, didn't he praying. didn't do one this year I know. it's <laughs> so oh Ben's mad we're you spoiling
4: want- <laughs> <it through.
1: laughs> you, you want to talk about
4: <laughs> no this let me is put just, some barbecue this
2: sauce the, on <laughs> see a box
3: up his name. this is just I'll the young it, kid it, hitting it, the
2: hitting the ball we're gonna get him out <laughs> this was we're a gonna get <laughs> him and
3: he just caught <laughs> he it. was reaching
0: it there you go there you go you did say though that we should do a Patreon series and movies directed by the devil if he makes one more we could just do the let me be frank we're never doing that He just needs one more.
1: I think it needs to be four. What a good movie. Uh, What am I talking about? Totally (laughs) average movie. (laughs) Five out of ten.
0: (laughs) There was a point where I was like, this is a two. And then when he finishes the perfect game i was like this is a soft five and yeah. then the airport scene maybe knocked it back down to a three Oh
2: my god the coat he's wearing in the airport though is really good yeah. that like long brown number i like the i like so many
1: of the ideas like i like the idea that she's at the airport bar yeah. Yeah. and she's like i'll watch him for an inning and then when his arm hurts she's like his arm hurts you know and ah.
2: they're like what does she know
1: yeah, and then that guy is like ah, this guy's a bum I like that the guy who screams this guy's a bum yeah. at the end is cheering he's like guy,
2: I, perfect game I, mean, I on, really guys. like yeah. how that blonde, happens in the, the stadium too going. that by the end they're like cheering for yeah, him which is like, how of course that's how yeah. it would happen of course
0: um, if I watched a I'll perfect also, game I'll also say the moment that feels the most Rami-ish to me and which I do think is actually very well directed is the moment of the hand injury I do think the way they set that up in the long shot with him on the bandsaw, mm-hmm. and then you cut to her coming out with two cups of coffee, and everything's nice, and you have that ominous feeling, and then you realize you it's like, already turned around,
2: and it's like, oh, right, it's so yeah, leading
0: onto the snow. He doesn't cut away. Costner's like lightheaded, she's trying to collect it, she puts the snow on his hand. Like, I think that whole mo- moment is very well. Okay.
2: I also think the part where he is getting into the medevac. Ushered in by Daniel Day Kim, if you notice. Yes, Daniel Day
0: Kim pops up back for a sec. As a scientist in Spider Man Um, But yeah. he's
2: like, you have to call the trainer. That's the person who's the most important to me right now. Yeah. I was like, that's a good like, asshole. It is. Moment. Yes. It's
1: quietly brutal. Yeah. Where it's yeah. like it's like, he, like, he doesn't really mean yeah. it that way, but he also kind of does But it's like does. baseball yeah. is his first. Right. Oh yeah.
2: And the scene. Forky
1: did not like that line. She was very mad
2: that he said that. I would be so pissed. Especially because she just moved heaven and
4: earth for
1: your stupid hand.
2: She oh my god. And she's driving down the mountain, which is like If you've ever driven on a mountain, it's one of the scariest things you can do. No,
1: thank you. (laughs) It's awful. Hate it. The switchbacks and all that.
2: It's a nightmare. And to do that while your love is like bleeding out next to you, I'd be over the cliff. I do
0: like, it is the moment.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Take it a shortcut, baby.
0: (laughs) It is the moment in the movie where I maybe agree with Kelly Preston the most is when he comes to that fucking event and she's dating that pretentious guy. And he's like, what's going on here? And she's like, it's been four and a half months. And he's like, well, you know what I've been doing for the last four and a half months. And she's like, you have never asked me once what I
1: was doing the last four and a half months. You just didn't even consider. He's married to the game, but, but eventually Married eventually he'll have to retire, and then you get all Cosner all the time. Yeah, yeah. but she, I
2: do like good? I do like when he he like puts John C. Riley to bed, and then he goes to his own hotel room and just starts sobbing. <laughs> like he's really like, oh, it's kind of cool. It's kind of Cosner yeah, sobbing, it a white and guy. it
1: makes sense It's so much wound up. You know. His hotel room, by the way, really?
2: gorgeous. Very he got nice. the yeah. real. He's the star. I want to be that kind of a famous yeah. person where you
1: go to a New York hotel and the guy is like, "Of course, well, Mr. Costner, I have your fake name ready. No one's going to bothering." I love, be bothering you. I
2: yeah. love Holly, like celebrity fake names. What's movies. his fake name in this too? It's something
0: a, from a movie, right, or a TV show where he's it's a
2: character. I don't remember name. what it is. Do
0: you guys have one picked out for yourselves? Yeah, uh, producer Ben Hosley. <laughs>
1: AKA the I like, yeah. can't type all this out. Yeah. In,
2: in Notting Hill, she does like Disney names. Right. She's like, I'm Pocahontas. Classic, it's like
1: Fred yeah. Flintstone yeah. or whatever. Right. I don't think
0: Pocahontas would be a good idea. No. This, this is so. I'm sorry. Can I just read this quickly? I know we're done. I just have to read what? this quickly. I was trying to see if I could find what the fake name is, but I found something even better. I'm to be trivia. So take it as you will. It was reported that Kevin Costner was angry with Universal Pictures because they cut his full frontal shower scene. Not Tush. Costner told Newsweek that the studio lacked real courage by insisting they, the film had a family friendly writing. Studio executive told New York Magazine that a test audience in Arizona gave a thumbs down to Costner's manhood. Quote, the audience giggled at Kevin's penis.
2: I want to okay. There's then no in focus way.
0: groups, they said, "Do we really need to see Kevin Costner's penis?"
1: There's what no does way that, that that is true
2: mean? You yes. know, is it big? Is it small? Is I'm, it, like, I'm not weird? saying it's true. It might be weird. I'm saying I would love to see it. I, I would love to see it as well,
0: please. Look, I I was noticing some bold in this scene, in this movie. Sure.
2: From time to okay. time on the mound, he, he looks good dress. in the baseball. Pants. He looks
1: good. It's a good in, look for it. A is a baseball. really. Pants.
2: Strong look.
1: It's 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 the best sporting uniform.
2: Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like it's the most it really, flattering. Yeah. It's I a handsome. Like, I
1: like tennis wear.
2: Oh well. Wow. Tennis. Sure, yeah. Really, yeah. But it's a little less. Wearing like a little yeah. short short and yeah. like yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. But it's a little less like uh brassy the tennis. I stuff. also like yeah.
2: that on a baseball team the coach has to also wear the uniform. I do too.
1: Little old guy. You gotta give me a shot. When Terry I
2: really am like, what is was going on with Costner's penis?
1: Do you want to text Why were him? people
2: laughing? Yeah, can you call him?
0: And you know, you get the feeling that Ben Hosley isn't producing against left-handers. He isn't producing against pinch hitters. He isn't producing against the Yankees. He's producing against time. He's producing against the future, against age. And even when you think about his career, against ending. And tonight, I think he might be able to use that aching old brain of his. One more time to push the sun back up in the sky and give us one more day of podcasting. Uh, of course, as always, we have with us here uh, the Ben Ducer himself, the mm-hmm. pro doer, Producer Ben. Hello, Fennel. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to say something that makes sense. Hello, gentlemen. Okay, Hello, uh, Fennel. Producer Ben, you are not allowed to edit that out. And now, Hello, Fennel is our. No, I'm editing that out. <laughs> you <laughs> You're not. Damn it. No, You're I don't not. Think so. Hello, Fennel. Hello, Fennel. Hello, Fennel. We're going to make Hello, Fennel t-shirts. It was like, it was fellas and gentlemen all wrapped up into one. Hey, it was perfect, and now we have a catchphrase. We didn't have a catchphrase, we didn't have a t-shirt, now we got both. Perfect episode. Sure. Perfect episode. Olivia, thank you so much for being on oh,
2: Thank you guys for having me.
0: Uh, do you have anything you want to plug?
2: Um, Readgawker.com. You can just type that into your y- URL space, mm-hmm. and you'll... Click on whatever. You'll have a Google. I'm on Twitter. At Olivia Craighead. Letterboxd, same deal.
0: I assume Cocker's going to do a For Love of the Game month soon.
2: Oh, absolutely. A whole month. Yeah, yeah. We're doing a whole month devoted
0: we, to we this seminal film. John C. Reilly, every question you've ever wanted to know. Oh my
2: God. Those articles are so funny. When I the person it. is like, I don't really remember yeah. shooting. It. What exactly <laughs> are you calling me about? Like, I was in that? Heartbreakers? Really? Thank you
0: all for... Listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you to Marie Barty for our social media, Joe Bowen, Pat Reynolds for our artwork, Lane Montgomery and the Great American Novel for our theme song, uh, AJ McKeon, Alex Barron for our editing, Nick Laureano, JJ Birch for our research. Uh, you can go to blankcheckpod.com for links to all the nerdy things that surround our podcast, including our Patreon patreon.com slash blank check for blank check special features where we do franchise commentaries and we're doing what we like to call or at least what I like to call and Ben and David put up with me calling hashtag not all Batman a run of commentaries on the Batman movies we haven't previously talked about i.e. the ones not directed by Christopher Nolan or Tim Burton tune in next week for the gift we got a little gift for you got a little gift under the tree and as always
1: Crack of the bat. Crack of the bat. (laughs) Crack of the bat.
0: Did I blow up the mic on that? I mean, yeah, you yelled into the microphone. Should I push it? Pretty loud.
3: No, nah, it's fine. I kind of we got it. Is No, this no, not? <laughs> no. No, let's not do no, it again. Let me not. Do it again. No. We we've got a clean take on it.